0: Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised.
1: You are listening to Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, at true crime and unleash their worst minnesotan accents oh yeah we're here folks
0: that's Mm. not like a good yeah cash
2: well this is at 308 so yeah might be (laughs) getting the hang of this should be getting the hang (laughs) of it by now but it's finally sinking in Mm. i'm kenyon
0: oh my god
2: i'm lucy i'm amanda oh Wow, oh, we're finally getting there. We're doing it, Peter. It's going too well. Something's
1: <laughs> si going to go puede. wrong. Si si se se puede. Puede. <laughs> Let's just get right into it, because it. some of us have shit to do later today. Ugh, all yeah. of us. <laughs> Adulting sucks. It's only chores and errands and things that don't actually get Bring accomplished. Joy. But you spend hours working towards accomplishing. It's Mm -hmm. relentless.
0: There's no reward to being an adult. None. None. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I know that I, like, I know that I. (laughs) Let's get right into it. Let's get right into it. But I do, I want to get this out first. (laughs) You know, they talk about like lifestyle creep where like Mm -hmm. when your income goes up, then also like your spending habits go up and things that aren't actually essential, start to feel essential and whatever. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that has happened now that I'm in my 30s. But like, I fucking know that I did not go through this many paper towels in Mm -hmm. my 20s. No. No. Mm -mm. Like, why am I constantly having to restock like toilet paper and paper towels? And what? Because you live with a man and now a baby. And a baby. But even before the baby... It's
0: the man.
2: It's the, Zach. It's a lot. Of, the man. The toilet yep. paper, at least, is the and man. That's the man.
1: hmm hmm It's just a lot of, like, restocking. I spend half my day restocking.
0: I make Bill do it so that he understands the gravity of what he has done. Mm. I shouted at trick. Corey
2: about weaponizing his incompetence last night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good.
1: Mm-hmm. Fuck that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. It's not great, and
2: it's super Mm -hmm. real.
1: Anyway, let's get into it. Let's get Mm -hmm. into it. Okay, we have a very special fan pick this week, brought to you by Hannah O'Sullivan. Oh, Hannah O'Sullivan. And uh, Hannah has selected the topic, Reformation Crimes. Mm Mm-hmm. They jumped. we will get to it. But first, what's our wine-crime pairing, Amanda, for Reformation Crimes?
0: Yeah, you know, unlike... One member of our team, I did not intentionally misunderstand the assignment, which we will get to. So I wanted to do a pairing that is connected to at least what the fan picker was initially asking for, which was like, (laughs) as I understand stories of like reformed criminals. That is exactly what the fan picker intended. Okay, so that was
1: what I <laughs> Obviously, we Obviously if you know me, you know what oh, direction yeah. I'm
0: going in. A- you know. And I'm super excited about it. This is and what, your and homunculus what, moment.
1: <laughs> what prompted my text message last week? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Lucy even tried to be like, to be clear, she means reformed criminals and I was like, like, too oh, late. I know exactly <laughs> I'm, I'm what she meant. clearly
0: doing the Protestant reference Right. Don't at me. But it got me thinking about all of the layered and complex questions about, like, what is reform? What does reform look like? What is the end game? Oh, that's a pretty bottle. Yeah. For reformation. And at least in my case... The end game is like success and not being in prison anymore, Uh which we'll get to. But I just thought, you know, a little red blend would be perfect for today. Mm -hmm. End game, it just gets you pondering, like, what's the point of it all? Mm -hmm. If Reformation is the end game, then why is the justice system so So built the way that it is? rehabilitative, yeah. Right, and it got me thinking, and then I was like, that is making me think too much about this topic. It must be the perfect pairing.
2: Can I also say one thing about that label?
0: Yes. It's
2: round. It It is. It reminds me of the, what's it called? The Squirrel Trap Prisons.
0: Oh, It's like a certain design of
2: prison that's round. Mm -hmm.
0: You can uh, visit one that's built like that. Maybe it was one of the first ones built like that in Philadelphia. There's a state penitentiary that is no longer open, but you can do it's like a museum and you can do tours of it. And Bill and I went and did one. And the, the audio tour is narrated by Steve Buscemi. <laughs> what? what? It's okay. an experience. <laughs> it was really fascinating, but it has like a central hub. And then it, each... Mm-hmm. spoke Yeah, there's like a spoke off of the central hub that mm-hmm. is like an entire cell block.
1: Is the word for that squirrel trap? Lucy just said that so... It's, squirrel, it it's squirrel something. Let mm-hmm. me look at it.
2: There's also one um, near Omaha totally that is haunted, and I think Ooh. you can spend Ooh. the night there.
0: Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Sketchy. But yeah, so she is a French squirrel. red blend. Squirrel oh, sorry,
2: cage but... jail. That's squirrel what it's called. Cage squirrel jail. cage Squirrel cage. You're close.
0: Can't yeah. Squirrel something. Basically squirrel, squirrel trap. She is primarily Grenache, Syrah, Mourvedre, which is oh like my God. She's a perfect red your blend. sweet spot. Yep. She's French, so you know she's gonna have those like Mediterranean influences. You know she's gonna have that spice. She's a gonna small have beret. Yeah, she's gonna have some a raspberry beret. A she's lot gonna of have attitude. some attitude, a smoking acidity. habit, a smoking habit. Maybe she doesn't her armpits. Maybe she likes <laughs> black and white stripes. Yeah. Maybe she's a mime. Maybe she's a mime. (laughs) You don't know her life. She's definitely lush. She's rich. She's balanced with some nice acidity. You're going to get some like fruit and berry on the nose and on the kind of the front of the palate. But it's going to be balanced out with some spice that, you know, traditional black pepper. There are a lot of tannins in this. That's going to contribute to that dry kind of like lip smacking it's just got, like, tons of dimension. Which mimes can't do. I mean, they can do the mimes, motion, they can make but, they, the motion, but not they the can, sound. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. She mm-hmm. is also a popper, so you're going to want to grab your XOXO, the Wine and Crime Gals Wine Key, off of our online store, wineandcrimepodcast.bigcartel.com.
1: <laughs> we also <laughs> have other merch, but this one's just very convenient to plug.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. I plug it every time.
1: We have, in the background, on, uh, for our Patreon people, you might be able to see my... Salt your dead bag.
2: Oh, cute. Yep. We also have wine stoppers Mm -hmm. for if you don't finish your whole bottle.
0: We added Mm -hmm. those over the holidays and they are phenomenal. So cute and vibrant. cute. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love them. All right. Shall we pop? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Here we go. French pop. Yeah. French pop. The end game of this was to get a good pop. pop. Bowl pop. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we got it, babes. What are y'all yes. drinking? Well,
1: I have a migraine aura, so I am drinking a Coca-Cola because it is not alcoholic and contains caffeine. And then I'm going to chug more water.
2: Great for you. love that. I'm yeah. drinking ice water because I am going for a mani-pedi after this. <gasps> Losers. And then I'll have some wine.
1: Losers. <laughs> Guess I'm drinking alone. Eh, sorry. Cheers, y'all. Hashtag not an ad, but I caved to one of those Instagram ads for, like, fancy press-on nails. I love. I just took mine off
0: so I could put on a new set.
1: Which, okay, so, like, what company do you have about
0: Oh, I just get all of my press-ons from Sally Beauty Supply okay. and I have like a gel kit at home. I do okay. the whole thing. You do the whole thing. Okay, mm-hmm. I want
1: to not do the whole thing and just yep.
0: strap those puppies on, but they haven't arrived yet. So. <laughs> I love getting my nails done, but it is expensive yeah. and your girl has no money because weddings are crazy. Yep. And so I've Especially been Especially your the- wedding. <sighs> it's And like, I'm being good with my budget. Like, I actually really am. And it's- Still nuts. Food yeah. feeding all of you assholes is very
1: expensive. Well, I don't know your total guest list, but I can only imagine. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's the biggest cost
0: right there. Yep. It's not small. Yeah. That and, and the and it's also of not the doves. Huge. And it and better be an be open no bar. Doves. <laughs> it is not an open bar. I can't afford it. It's Rude. a hosted bar, but it's okay. not do you know how expensive a fully open bar <laughs> well, is? Well, a hosted
1: you know what I mean.
0: <laughs> it's I don't, a don't need to have bar. every option. No. I can't pay for y'all. Yeah. Mm. But I need booze. Right. You'll have booze. Okay. Trust. Anyway, I will have booze right now.
1: Nice pop. Yeah. Cheers. All right, Lucy, what is our background and maybe psych for Reformation crimes? Um, I wouldn't
0: say there's no psych. Okay. But. But I wouldn't say there's ample psych. Correct. Okay.
2: So. As we discussed, Hannah, our fan picker, wanted to discuss criminals who have been reformed. But as we know for a fact, Kenyon intentionally misunderstood the assignment. God bless her.
1: <laughs> I mean, I f- my case ties in. Okay. Yeah.
2: I love it. I love every time you de- take a deep dive into <laughs> some history, like, weird shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. There are also a couple of different ways to interpret, quote-unquote, criminal reform. Mm-hmm. So I'll just be talking about reform from a couple different perspectives. And we did have our was it prison crimes. We've ranted about this
1: topic a lot. A lot, yeah. yeah. So if you don't hear us say anything in this episode, we've probably already said it like 15 times. Mm-hmm. Yes. So prison reform
2: is an agenda that seeks to improve the efficacy of the penal system.
0: <laughs> Penile.
2: <laughs> There's a word called penology. How gross is that? Luck.
0: <laughs> oh gross
1: is it the study of the penal system or yeah it,
0: okay of yeah. the penis of the peen
1: penas
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: okay improve the efficacy of the penal system improve conditions within that system and also to find alternatives to incarceration because the end game the end goal is to not be incarcerated mm-hmm. i guess Part of this agenda is reforming incarcerated individuals to make sure that they stay out of prison once they're released. But let's look at criminal justice reform overall. This is from the Equal Justice Initiative. The U.S. has 5% of the world's population, but nearly 25% of its incarcerated population.
1: That is a fucking bonkers yeah. statistic. I know. Like I know I we've have, talked about it before, heard but, it. Yeah, but every
2: yeah. time it's like, Goddam- it blows you away. Who, 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 Yeah, we really can't do any better. Mm-hmm. Our spending on jails and prisons reached $87 billion in 2015, an increase of a thousand percent from 7.4 billion spent in 1975.
1: Cool. I was talking with a boomer who I who I love, a loved one boomer, and they were saying like well, maybe, you know, like prisons are so expensive. We're paying all this money for these prisons, blah, blah, blah. Maybe we need to cut costs. Maybe they shouldn't be give, like prisoners shouldn't be given three meals a day. And this, <laughs> this boomer was saying, like, I often don't have time to eat three meals a day. I just eat two meals a day. And like these prisoners have it like cushy. They get three meals a day. And I had to be like, I don't think that's where the costs are coming from. Yeah. I think the costs are coming from the fact that they are for profit prisons uh-huh mm-hmm. and like cutting people's food rations is isn't probably- the way the food yeah. is not
2: where the money's leaking out from because yeah, sure if isn't. you know what the fuck they eat in there
0: it's not right
1: it's not expensive <laughs> it's and that's-
0: moldy cheese on moldy bread yeah. yeah
1: i feel like i did get through to the boomer on this particular occasion i think because mm-hmm. they were like oh yeah they are for-profit that is probably where." All the money is going. And I was like,
2: uh-huh. Yeah. Another stat that I read that I don't think I cited was that when all is said and done and all the costs are, in, are thrown together and like tallied up, it costs taxpayers closer to a trillion dollars every year mm-hmm. to run, to maintain these prisons in our country. Mm-hmm. Which is fucking crazy. In 1972, there were only 200,000 people incarcerated in the U.S. Today, that number has grown to 2.2 million. Mm. Jesus. And it's not like people are getting more violent or are, mm-hmm. that our population is exploding to this degree. Right. Mm-hmm. We're just imprisoning more people. Mm-hmm. And the statement on their homepage pretty much sums it up, and it is reads thusly. In the American criminal justice system, wealth, not culpability, shapes outcomes. Mm -hmm. Many people charged with crimes lack the resources to investigate cases or obtain the help they need, leading to wrongful convictions and excessive sentences, even in capital cases. Racial disparities persist at every level, from misdemeanor arrests to executions. The quote-unquote tough-on-crime policies that led to mass incarceration's are rooted in the belief that black and brown people are inherently guilty and dangerous and that belief still drives excessive sentencing policies
1: today. Mm-hmm. The whole crack cocaine versus mm-hmm. powder cocaine huh. Mm-hmm. everything. I know we've talked about it before, but I'm just flagging flagging things. Mm-hmm. The broken windows thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. More
2: incarceration doesn't reduce violent crime. Using prisons to deal with poverty and mental illness makes these problems worse. People leave overcrowded and violent jails and prisons more traumatized, mentally ill, and physically battered than when they went in. Mm-hmm. Today, mm-hmm. nearly 10 million Americans, including millions of children, have an immediate family member in jail or prison. More than 4.5 million Americans can't vote because of a past
0: conviction. Mm-hmm. Like, why is that still? Well, because on Republicans the Republicans know yeah. exactly it's their. I purpose. know. Yeah. yeah. It's. It I know it's be. by design,
2: but like, it's so fucked up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And each year we lose $87 billion in GDP due to mass incarceration. The existence of our prison system and the perception of public safety is predicated on the idea that a person can change and turn from a criminal into a non-criminal.
1: Although I don't even really think that it is anymore. Like I don't, I really think that Maybe that's never actually been the case, and that is just the propaganda lie. It totally is the propaganda. Yeah, like yeah, it was it never meant to do to that. The perception
2: of public safety. Exactly. It's all
1: it's all about perception, mm-hmm. right? But prisons have always just been like a place to punish and dump, park. Yeah, Most in of the this country, people. yes, but yeah. in
2: around the world, that is not the case right. in every place, right. which is where we're. I'm getting to it. Mm-hmm. It's a hope that exists for people outside of the prison as well as inside. And this next part is from an article from USA Today, which was written at the beginning of Trump's presidency. Mm. The question of whether people change is central to the criminal justice debate that has shifted so rapidly between the Obama and the Trump administrations. From Trump's comment during the final presidential debate about bad hombres. Mm. God, that seems like a long
0: time ago.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right? Doesn't it? Yeah. Well... It was. There have 20, been. I've lived a debate. thousand lifetimes. Since yeah. Then. That
0: last debate would have been what, 2015? Yeah. And we're coming up. We just entered 2023. It would have been in 2016.
1: But yeah. The, the de- debate? I mean, it's, the debate was in
0: 2015. She's right. Yeah. Because then
2: the presidential
1: you, debate would have been right before the
0: election. Would it not have been? Yeah. Yeah. But the election, he's, it was inaugurated in January of 2016. The election was in November of 2015.
2: The election was in
0: 2016.
1: Oh, was it? Yes.
0: And he didn't take office until 2017. Correct. Oh, oh, she's right. Lucy's right. Yeah, I just really melted
2: that. I'm telling you, time is an absolute illusion, and this feels like 25 years ago at least. Yeah,
0: that's crazy.
2: Ugh, so David. from that shit, whenever it was, to Attorney General Jeff Sessions plans to prosecute and lock up even more than the 2.3 million we have in federal, state and local custody right
1: now. Well, they've been making good progress with like half of Trump's cabinet and inner circle. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, They're doing ooh. numbers. So. Mm hmm.
2: This administration, meaning the Trump administration's message is clear. Criminal defendants don't commit bad acts. They are inherently bad actors who need to be incapacitated through incarceration. Trump has said this often in interviews and once when he fired someone on The Apprentice, quote, people don't change. Mm -hmm. Except that they actually do. Empirical research shows that people can and will change not only their behavior, but also their personality if targeted with the right intervention. Mm-hmm. Researchers at the University of Illinois performed a meta-analysis of 207 studies and concluded that people can change maladaptive base personality traits in as little as six months if they get the
0: proper intervention. If their and- needs are met, then they don't have to do X, Y, Z to survive. hmm and obviously this doesn't count like this isn't true for everyone. No, These some are, people are literal psychopath serial killers with right. like deep seated compulsions who cannot be well, healed. This is a, a lot statistical of like, analysis. Exactly. exactly. A
1: lot of like abusers, the, like the the rates of actually reforming like domestic abusers are really, are mostly really cops. bad. yeah. <laughs> But some people can change, especially if the crimes were related to circumstances and poverty and lack of opportunity. Right.
0: Which in the vast majority of crimes that like people are imprisoned or in or awaiting trial for are exactly that. It's like a lot of petty theft, drug related charges. Right traffic stops violations things like that where it's like a snake eating its own tail like you're going to keep getting pulled over for the broken taillight right. if you don't have the fucking money to fix the light, and you'll have and then less you get a ticket to fix every the time because mm-hmm. you're paying
1: your tickets
0: yeah and it's then you can't a- make
1: it to court because you don't want to drive your car with the exactly broken taillight yeah yeah all of the things i kind of think of it as like similar to depression mm-hmm. where there's like you can have like situational depression like say mm-hmm when you finish grad school and you, you have a ton of new debt but you can't get a job and no
0: opportunities
1: and that's situational depression and then it lifts when the situation is ameliorated. Right. Or you can have chronic depression, which can, you know, be helped with medication and other things. Or sometimes it's severe depression and it, it can't really be helped with a lot of those things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It depends. Yeah. Next Those crimes that you were talking about, like a busted
2: taillight or a drug offense or a DUI or whatever, those actually have a pretty high recidivism rate, which is what Mm -hmm. you were saying, as compared to violent crime, which actually has a much lower recidivism rate. Mm -hmm. That said, I feel like sentences for violent crimes are usually a lot longer. So your opportunities for getting out and then reoffending and going back into prison are like Mm -hmm. lower just because Mm -hmm. you're more likely to be in prison longer and the older you get the less likely you are to reoffend in general just across Mm -hmm. the board Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that makes sense so there's that there's a lot of statistics and a lot of theories but it is hard to like compute and analyze this in a really like holistic way right whether incarceration is the proper intervention for everyone is debatable Criminal justice is the only sector which measures its successes by counting its failures, which is sort of what Amanda said earlier. Recidivism, which again is reoffending by someone who has been disciplined for breaking the law, is measured differently across jurisdictions. The National Institute of Justice reports that 76.6% of released prisoners are rearrested within five years, further supporting the idea that many caught in the system are incapable of change. But the flip side of the recidivism statistic confirms... That twenty three point four percent of ex offenders reformed themselves,
1: mm-hmm. and also just like being arrested and like being caught doesn't necessarily mean that you're committing
0: more crimes.
1: Mm-hmm. You right. know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like you might just be more likely to be caught. Because, you might be in a more
0: heavily police neighborhood. You yeah. might, yeah. Like there's like so many of, circumstances. Plenty of people
1: commit a lot of crimes.
0: Every day. Every
1: day in a row and don't get arrested for them and don't get Mm -hmm. caught. It doesn't mean they're not committing more crimes. Right. You might have lost your job because of a
2: previous incarceration and then you're more desperate because you're not employed. And then that Mm -hmm. leads to just more and more. It's a or snowball like, effect when it comes to these public order type
1: crimes. Right. Or like when you are caught, you're more likely to actually be arrested and charged because you have a previous conviction on your record. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Instead of like, oh, well, you know, just like a young kid making a mistake and give him another chance.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and certain things are criminalized as part of like your parole, mm-hmm. where like Lucy mentioned, losing if you lose a job. It's like that could be a violation of your parole to not be working, Mm -hmm. and then you have a conviction on your record, and it's hard to get a new job, and Mm -hmm. now you are a criminal just for being violating your terms of release for being unemployed. Same thing with housing. It can be Mm -hmm. harder to get housing, but it could be a term of your parole that you need housing, but then you can't get housing with... A conviction on your record and then the act of literally being unhoused is a criminal act. Mm -hmm. And now you violated your parole and you're going back to prison. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you fucking ever get out of it? Mm -hmm. So this
2: cycle is apparent lack of any kind of reform in this country. Mm -hmm. So misperceiving crime as a lack of character rather than a suspension of it will continue to impede justice reform efforts under the trump administration mm-hmm. many perpetrators had their normally law-abiding nature hijacked by drugs or illness 80 percent of offenders abuse substances and about 60 percent of arrestees test positive for illicit drugs
1: and there's like, upon literally their nowhere for them to turn like the wait times to get into any kind of treatment program are absolutely absurd and you have to already be clean to like get into a lot of the treatment mm-hmm. programs which i know we've talked about before but like that is fucking absurd
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. More than half of incarcerated people have been diagnosed with mental health problems and some exercise just bad judgment in pursuit of an illusion or an opportunity or something like you can just fuck up. You don't need Mm -hmm. to be Mm -hmm. fall into any of these categories. You can just fuck up. Mm -hmm. So these prisoners don't need to change. They simply need to revert back to who they are with interventions designed to help them achieve that goal. Mm hmm. So what does rehabilitative incarceration look like? And this is from an article by the National Bureau of Economic Research that compared average sentences and recidivism rates in the U.S. versus Norway. Mm -hmm. So in Norway, the average time spent in prison is a little over six months, which is similar to most other Western European countries. This contrasts with the average U.S. prison time of almost three years. Geez. Which is in large part the reason why the United States is an outlier in its incarceration rate compared with the rest of the world. Mm. Norway places low-level offenders in open prisons with more freedoms and responsibilities than in U.S. prisons and high-level offenders in closed prisons with more security. So this provides more separation between minor and hardened criminals. And that does not exist in prisons in the U.S. Well, yeah, these it does poor like kids a sitting in. Bit.
0: Yeah, but then if you think about, like, we just did Rikers Island crimes. Right. These poor kids sitting in fucking Rikers waiting for a trial date because they couldn't afford their bail or some bullshit. Right.
1: There's a lot. It, it really depends a lot on the jurisdiction mm-hmm. and also on your your means. I mm-hmm. mean, pe- wealthier people can afford representation to. Get argue them in a better their prison. way into yep. a better and lighter prison mm-hmm. that is, you know, less violent and whatever. And pe- poor people don't have those means. They end up going to a more violent kind of chaotic facility. Then they get into more trouble for mm-hmm. getting involved in, in violent acts in prison, probably that they didn't want to be involved in in the first place. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. <sighs> so, yes, it's possible in the U.S. for it to shake out that way. But for most people, that's not what happens. Mm -hmm. But that is the way that it works overall in Norway. Mm -hmm. There is no overcrowding in Norwegian prisons and better personal safety with each prisoner being assigned to their own cell and a higher inmate to staff ratio than we have here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Prisons in Norway also offer well-funded education, drug treatment, mental health, and job training programs. Finally, Norway places an emphasis on helping ex-convicts integrate back into society with access
0: to social support services
2: and active labor market programs.
0: And I I know a lot of folks listening to this are probably thinking like, well, Norway is so much smaller than the U.S. and Mm -hmm. their population is like, again, this is a smaller scale, which I understand. Mm -hmm. Like the country of Norway has about the same population as like the state of Minnesota. So like, yes, that makes an impact, but this is not so much about population size but about resource management in their like whole framework of the of their justice system Mm -hmm. and like considering how much money goes into you know quote-unquote public safety and prisons in the united states it's not that we don't have the funds Mm -hmm. to put them into these types of practices it's that the people who privately own the prisons still stand to make too much money from the situation as it stands. Yeah, this
2: is from an economics journal. This exactly. is This is about the, the data,
1: yep. the numbers. We spend numbers. more money, a lot more money per capita mm-hmm. on our prisoners than mm-hmm. they do in Norway. Correct. And they're- well, they only get two meals a day over there. <laughs> oh, right. It saves them so much money. But, but that's what's so crazy is that, like, the resources that we're providing people are infinitely worse and we're Mm -hmm. spending infinitely more similar to our healthcare Mm -hmm. looking system.
2: So among their other findings includes this. The reduction in crime is driven by individuals who were not working prior to incarceration. Mm -hmm. Among these individuals, imprisonment increases participation in programs directed in improving employability and reducing recidivism and this ultimately raises employment and earnings while discouraging criminal behavior. Yep, because their needs are getting met. If you go into prison, you don't have a job in the first place, which or a skill could have contributed to the reason why you're in prison. Yep, you are way fucking more likely to get out and and have your training and get a job when you are released from your average six month stay in
0: prison. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what their legal framework is in terms of hiring folks who have criminal records, but if it's less intense than it is here, placement
2: programs, right? Right. That's what it said. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So like here, if I mean, we we, quote, unquote, have programs like this where you can learn a trade or get your education and then, you know, work with get some like aftercare, quote, unquote, leaving prison. But there's vastly underfunded and under-resourced and understaffed, considering we have a booming prison convictions exactly so mm-hmm. even if they did have access to those like post-incarceration pairing resources mm-hmm. maybe the only place they have to go is like home with their families and it's in a smaller community where they don't have as many resources i don't know it's just there's so much people involved are, in this
1: people are sent to a specific address like they have to right. be at a specific address during exactly. their parole and if they don't have access to transportation or to opportunities within, like, a immediate range around that address, like, what right. the fuck are they going to do? Mm-hmm. So just a little bit more. The effects of incarceration for this group are large
2: and economically important. So this group, meaning the group that did not have a job when they went into prison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Imprisonment causes a 34 percentage point increase in participation in job training programs for the previously non-employed and within 5 years their employment rate increases by 40 percentage points. Wow. At the same time the likelihood of reoffending within 5 years is cut by 46 percentage points and there is a decline of 22 in the average number of criminal charges. Wow. So like it's insane how immediate
1: those results, yeah. And immediate there, yeah, that yeah, you educate people and you give them some opportunity and guess what? They are gonna have to sell drugs or
0: hold up a gas station or yeah
1: so obviously this isn't true for everyone like we said before like i understand if you own a a business you don't want to hire someone with a violent criminal record like Mm a rapist or whatever like i completely understand that you want to make sure that like your safety your Mm family safety your fellow you know like your coworkers and employees safety is taken into Mm -hmm. account but we're not talking about those people were talking right. about nonviolent offenders or crimes that have been majority. deemed, mm-hmm. you know, violent or penalized as if they were violent. But really, when you look at the facts, don't actually constitute a violent
0: crime. Well, and at least in the I mean, from my experience working in like restaurants, a lot of the time we will hire folks with a criminal record. But like. Even if you're given that information, you don't necessarily have, like, the details on the nuances of their record. Mm -hmm. And so you just have to make, like, employers are also not provided with information to make Mm -hmm. a nuanced and educated decision Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on who to hire. And so we may be saying no to folks who deserve those opportunities Mm -hmm. because we have no clue. Yeah, it's just
1: you just check a box and then nobody's Mm going to look once that box is ticked.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And so imagine being required to tick that box because you were 15 and selling drugs to survive. And then that's on your record for fucking ever. When
1: somebody else who had power over you was committing Mm -hmm. a more violent crime. Yeah. Okay. I have one more paragraph, and this relates to a bunch of shit you
2: guys were just talking about. Mm -hmm. It should be noted that Norway's prison system is expensive. However, prison reform is more affordable than it may initially appear in the United States and could even save money if prison sentences were shortened, which they Mm -hmm. fucking should be. Mm -hmm. The U.S. is an outlier in incarceration rates with sentence lengths that are roughly five times longer than the international average. Our calculations suggest that a European style prison system with its higher costs but shorter sentences would result in significant U.S. cost savings Moreover, to the extent that prison increases post-release employment, this would indirectly reduce expenditures on safety net programs and possibly increase tax revenue. I don't know why it wouldn't. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, because you're paying taxes when you're employed. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: And while it's difficult to monetize the benefits from fewer crimes being committed, the gains from reduced victimization are likely to be large. Mm -hmm. So, from an economic standpoint, like
1: it makes total sense.
2: Mm-hmm. To well, not do of, this way we're doing it. Right. One of
1: the barriers to that, which we've already talked about, is the the for-profit nature of a lot of our prisons, which mm-hmm. means that there are literal, like, fucking lobbyists and fucking shareholders trying to make money off the backs of these people. Mm-hmm. Two, there are companies that make money from, I don't even know if you'd call it subsidized, from fucking exploitative labor mm-hmm. from prisoners. Totally we're, subsidized. Yeah. So that fight any kind of reform. And then, lastly, there are a lot of communities where there's a large prison facility and there are a lot of job Jobs. opportunities yep. f- to the- be a guard, to be a, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mostly guards, but I guess like cooks, whatever. There's all sorts of like admin stuff, yeah, and administrative, whatever. Cleaning. And, and those communities don't want the prison to be shut down because. It's their only source
0: of income for it- the whole community. Right.
1: And yeah. obviously, like, if we did a massive change and you could provide opportunities for people in that community to to do more, like, social work type things or, like, mm-hmm. job training programs, then there would be other jobs for them. But it takes more education to do that than it does to be a prison guard.
0: hmm
1: Yep. <sighs> so, anyway, that's my segment.
0: <laughs> Phenomenal. <laughs> Welcome to Very our comedy podcast. <laughs> yep. It's important shit to discuss. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad we're discussing it.
1: All right. Well, well done. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Let's hear a quick word from our sponsors, and then we'll go in a totally different direction. Yay! Oh, Reformation who? <laughs> so, I recently birthed a child.
0: No. What? what? <laughs> you?
1: And uh, postpartum hair loss is very real, y'all. Mm. And I uh, I like my silky strong, healthy hair in normal times. And I mm-hmm. was kind of shocked to see it coming out in clumps. And I—that that is why I switched to using all Vegamore all the time. And yep. it is amazing.
0: I've also switched to Vegamore. I'm obsessed with their products. And Vegamore has really transformed my hair. Their clean and vegan approach to hair health uses smart botanicals that promote visibly thicker fuller longer looking hair i just saw lucy when we did the chicago shows and i was like Girl. Yes. <laughs> she goes not to sound like a Vegamore ad but your hair looks really really good, good. It, like, does. I, it really I does also i also noticed like, how damn. good your hair looks Oh, yeah. my God. Speak yeah. up. <laughs> <So it> was- <laughs> she was busy. I took care of it. So with help from Vega get healthy, beautiful looking hair without the use of harmful chemicals. All their products are cruelty free and never contain potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. Also, as someone who does consistent hair color, it's so lovely not to use products that are going to strip all that like. Healthy, protective oil and good stuff out of your hair. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Use the good stuff. Use Vegamore. Vegamore has something for everyone looking to improve their hair health. The Grow Revitalizing Shampoo and Conditioner Kit works together to visibly thicken hair and improve hair from the roots. You just massage the shampoo into your scalp for 60 seconds and then follow up with conditioner on the links and the ends. It's as simple as that. And if you're like me and you're super fancy, you can use that like grow revitalizing serum. Mm -hmm. It's like a spa every time I take a shower. I am obsessed. So having Vegamore as my go-to shampoo and conditioner is an absolute game changer for my overall hair health. I'm just noticing how much softer and like fuller my hair feels. Mm-hmm. And I have complex hair. Like, a lot of my hair is not mine. Mm-hmm. So I have to be <laughs> careful with what I put on my head, and Vegamore is crushing it. With Vegamore, there is no risk when trying because they have a 90-day money-back guarantee. But with 91% of customers saying they saw visibly thicker hair with Vegamore in just three months, you're not going to want to run out.
2: No, you're not. So give your hair exactly what it's been craving with Vegamore. Go to vegamore.com gals and use code gals. To save 20% on your first order, that's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R dot com slash G-A-L-S. Use code Gals to save 20% at Vagamore.com slash gals and treat you hair.
1: Treat it. Treat it. It is a fact of life that most bras suck. And Worst. that's a real bummer. But Third Love knows that it's not you, it's the bra. It's never you. It's always the bra.
2: Always. Unless that bra is third love because when I tell you I've switched out all my bras, mm-hmm. I mean it. I am currently wearing the 24-7 bra. Mm, I love mm. I'm wearing that bra right now too. Yes, wireless baby. Mm, I it's love that bra. It's so comfortable. I have napped in, a, in this bra. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. It's-
0: I fully slept in a lace bralette last night. Oh, the lace bralette is so Mm. cute. I didn't even realize I had fallen asleep in it. I fully fell asleep in it and just woke up being like, oh, I'm still wearing my bra. Oops. That's the sign of a comfy bra. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So if you're looking for an everyday bra or something with a little more coverage, maybe that cute lace, Mm kind of like an art deco pattern maybe, Mm -hmm. or an unlined style, maybe a little extra lift, maybe a combo of all these things, maybe... Your boobs are two different sizes, like mine. Mm-hmm. And you want to find a bra where you can take the pad out mm-hmm. of one side and double up the other side. Yep. And you will find that at Third Love. They also offer the fitting room quiz because your bra size can change constantly, honestly. Drastically.
0: Yeah. Over like six maybe times you just had a life. baby.
2: Yep. Yeah. Or your so
0: period. Th-
2: or, like, it's cloudy outside mm-hmm. or something.
0: A strong breeze.
2: Yes. So you can find your perfect bra size with their virtual fitting room. It is so good. They, they look at size, breast shape, and fit issues. Plus, like, your fabulous taste. Mm-hmm. You find the right bra for you. It's amazing.
0: So ditch bad bras and get a better one that makes you look and feel great. Upgrade your bra and get 20% off your first order at thirdlove.com slash gals. That's 20% off your first order today at thirdlove.com slash gals. And treat your puppies. Treat them. treat them. What's
2: your love language? Is it physical touch? Yes. Is it gifts? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How about some time together with your partner? Some quality time. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Lower lower priority. Next. (laughs) Well,
2: whatever your love language is, people get turned on in all sorts of ways, and Dipsy has invented a whole new love language with sexy stories for whatever mood you're in.
0: Y'all, it's the best. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for everybody. Uh They bring scenarios to life with immersed soundscapes and realistic characters. You can discover stories about second chance romances. I love those as I'm I feel like I create a second-chance romance story out of me and Bill's story because we went to high school together and, like, I thought he was cute one time. Yeah. <laughs> so I've just <laughs> crafted this narrative that we're, like, long lost, separated by circumstances. Yeah, he sure. went to war slash college. Yep, yeah, pretty much. He, <laughs> he went, went to UW Stout for one year and then transferred to Duluth. That sounds like war to me. <laughs> um, so I love it. You can you know, there's stories about adventurous vacation flings, hot and heavy hookups, really anything you want. Mm-hmm. It's radically inclusive. So Dipsy has stories for straight and queer listeners, and fifty-six percent of stories are voice acted by people of color, and you have never heard celebrities like this before, okay? So you can listen to stories voiced by Cerudis J. Jackson, E.R. Fightmaster, and Luke Cook, and new content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. And I love their soothing sleep stories. They have these wellness sessions and sexy stories that you can read. If you're like, e earbuds aren't charged. Hi. <laughs> me, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. So let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or heat things up with a
1: partner. Oh yeah. Fun. So for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to DipsyStories.com slash gals, G-A-L-S. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A Stories.com slash gals, DipsyStories.com slash gals, and treat your me time. Ooh, treat it. I just want to say that my case weirdly fits. (laughs) Ah, ah. And it does involve someone <laughs> trying really hard to get out of prison and getting out of prison for a little
0: while and then being sent right the fuck back. While okay. you dive in, I'm going to enjoy a stroop waffle.
1: Oh, <gasps> <man. laughs> I want <laughs> a stroop waffle.
0: Well, get some. Okay. <laughs> get some, bitch. Fucking get some. Bitch, you get should have own. gotten some. Okay. Sounds like a you problem.
1: Thomas Fickle Cranmer, that's not actually his middle name, but it fits. Okay. One what? Gave him a name. <laughs> I was just making, I was just trying out different middle names. Okay. Thomas Danger Cranmer. Yikes. Was born in 1489. Oh, in banger of a year. In Aslickton. Aslickton? Aslicktown. Aslicker. Aslicktown. A small village in Nottinghamshire, England. He, what
0: What? are you going to do geography?
1: Oh, my God. How did I forget to do geography? <gasps> I think I got distracted by Aslickton.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> do it on the fly. Know I'm going to during the commercial break. I will catch up and do wow. some geography and, and okay. derail your case with it. Great. You know a okay.
2: joke we didn't make for photography cli- crimes? What? Mm. Photography. It's time oh. for photography.
0: Yeah, we didn't. Opportunity lost. A week late. Damn. Mm. Oh, that Waffle looks good. Yeah, it looks
2: good.
1: Okay. (laughs) So, Thomas was the second son of, wouldn't you know it, Thomas Cranmer and his wife Agnes. (laughs) Thomas Danger the First. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thomas Cranmer the Elder was of Mm. modest but sufficient wealth to leave a comfortable living to his oldest son, not Thomas, John. (laughs) Wow. Who inherited the estate not Thomas. <laughs> when their dad passed away. This Got is it. my son, not Thomas. Oh, <laughs> well, who's your favorite?
0: Uh, not Thomas. Not
1: Thomas. <laughs> so young Thomas was only 12 when his father died, and it was then decided that he and his younger brother Edmund would pursue careers in the church. So that's just kind of how it worked for like a millennia up until modern times, the first mm-hmm first kid got all the money and then the other kids had to become priests or something yeah and so at 14 thomas left home to attend jesus college
0: Same. I left college to attend Jesus College. (laughs) Sounds very legit. Mm
2: -hmm. Jesus College. Jesus College. It's one of Trump's many universities.
1: (laughs) Jesus Online. (laughs) You can get your diploma in 60 minutes or less. Oh, my God. Luck. (laughs) So here he studied logic, which I think is a Bit tough for the, like, he performed miracles crowd. Yeah. (laughs) At Jesus College. (laughs) I studied logic at Jesus College. Sure you did. Oh, my God. Wow.
0: I want to major in logic from Jesus College. (laughs) And then
2: take your post-grad at Havrad. And I will be buying all
1: the college merch. Oh, yeah. All of it. Also studied classical literature and philosophy. Mm -hmm. He would later state that, quote, the marvelous, severe and cruel (laughs) schoolmaster that he studied (laughs) under, quote, instilled in him a permanent uncertainty and pliability. Okay. So basically, he said that he just had a really fucking mean and cruel and abusive teacher. And so I was really scared
0: of him. So I did well because I didn't want to die. But now I'll never be sure of myself.
1: (laughs) Basically, (laughs) I never, yeah. He basically saying I never felt safe and Mm -hmm. I just had to like roll with whatever (laughs) he wanted, which would serve him sort of well in his life. And we will get to it being very adaptive.
2: I I always say you got to break them all the way down. Yeah. Before
1: you can you build them back up. Say that. Yeah. But like children
2: are like clay to oh be god. molded.
1: Yeah. And seen and not heard. You never hear clay mouthing off. Yep.
2: Thrown <laughs> on that spinning table and soaked in water and then you can do what you want.
1: Yeah. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> Nonetheless, <laughs> young Cranmer remained at Jesus College
0: for 11 years. Thomas Cranmer of the Cranmer Cranmers? Mm-hmm. Of the Thomas Cranmers? Of the not Thomas Cranmer Cranmers? Of the Cranraspers Cranmers? <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a Cranapple girl,
2: but... <laughs> oh, I'm a Cranrasmer. I'm mm. a Cran rasper. Sometimes a Cranmango, a Crango, mm. if you will.
1: Oh,
0: <laughs> Crango. <laughs> So
1: I don't think I've ever seen a cran mango, a crango. Crango. Your eyes peeled. It's got the
2: yellow banner on the label.
1: I do love a dried cranberry in a salad. Oh, Oh, a crazen. Crane'n. With some Mm -hmm. blue cheese, some walnuts. Mm. Mm. Okay. So he, at Jesus College, (laughs) he earned his bachelor's and master's degree, and then he was given a fellowship at the school. Sometime after he finished his studies, though... He married a woman named Joan. And this next sentence that I'm about to read has something special for both Lucy and Amanda in it. So tag what? yourselves. Okay. Not much is known about Joan. She is described by the Encyclopedia Britannica. Uh, Lucy's tag. Whoa. <laughs> as, quote, a relative of the landlady of the Dolphin Inn. God damn it. <laughs> and. The Dolphin Inn was located on Jesus Lane. Ew. Jesus. (laughs) Slit
0: Lane. Vaginal slit (laughs) Lane. Ew. Jesus, my vaginal slit, not Thomas Lane.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Nailed it! Just when I think that most words have been strung Dang together yourself. in a sentence, at some point in history, <laughs>
0: relative of the landlady <laughs> of the Dolphin Inn, which was located on Jesus Lane, I know. the Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> that is like a sentence I would keep in my back pocket if someone was like, "Create a unique sentence that no one has ever said before." Yeah, yeah, I would just say that. Yeah, the relative of the landlady of the Dolphin, of the Dolphin Inn, Inn, located was, on Jesus Lane.
1: It's a word salad. It's yeah. Mad Libs uh, in a <laughs> sentence. Yeah, yeah. So even though Thomas was not yet a priest, his choice I'm not to a girl not yet a priest. <laughs> His choice to marry required him to resign his fellowship position and give up his residence at Jesus College because, like, uh, you, slut.
0: C- you can't, slut, slut. Sluts <laughs> can't graduate from Jesus College,
1: you yeah, slut, you silly yeah. slut. Actually, we'll fucking, get, to, we'll get to the sluts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> fucking not Thomas the slut. he's officially called not thomas to me and it's all one name (laughs) not thomas john is all one name not thomas not thomas Thomas. the slut not thomas john the slut (laughs) Um, slut. okay so fucked his way out of jesus college (laughs) he he
1: fucked his way out of jesus college right right onto jesus lane oh he could never escape (laughs) And, yeah, so he loses his his spot at university because he chose to get married. But then Joan conveniently dies in childbirth not oh long God. after the marriage. What a
0: waste. Marriage used to be so short. awesome. It was, like, not short. a long con. Yeah. Kenyon says short. Amanda no, says that's, awesome. That's <laughs> literally why I'm saying it was awesome. Yeah. It was not a lifelong commitment. No, it was, to like, 15 the years, max. Next to you. for most people. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Bring back traditional marriage. It was make a, <laughs> make marriage short again. Make it the dark ages again. Yeah. Make America reformation again. So, <laughs> so marriage is pretty low stakes. <laughs> yeah. Somebody was gonna die. Mm-hmm. Like Nose immediately. immediately.
1: <laughs> Nose <go. laughs> Um Also, I have pictures on the drive. Obviously, they're not pictures, but they're photographs, portraits. <laughs> so. I feel like it's wow. worth seeing some of these people.
0: Not Thomas is a mess. He looks just like Ben Affleck. N- okay, oh, so Ben Affleck at the Grammys. That's what just I was... I've <laughs> never been more upset.
1: It's giving Ben Affleck at the Grammys. Yeah. Look at the photo Thomas Cranmer too, and then look yeah. at the photo I uploaded of Ben Affleck at the Grammys. Oh my God, you did? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you fucking... I thought... You just independently
0: made that joke? Yes. No. I said he looks like Ben Affleck. And yeah, and I said he looks like Ben Affleck at the Grammys. I hadn't scrolled I down to your picture. For that. I no was way. I made that
1: joke. I have the photo on the drive.
0: He looks just like Ben Affleck at the Grammys. <laughs> That's like, amazing. Out back smoking a cigarette Ben Affleck. That's like, my favorite there's meme. There's literally Wow! Yeah, (laughs) that's amazing. No, that's uh, first of all, the three of us clearly share a brain. Second of all, he does look exactly like miserable Ben Affleck at the Grammys. The rounded like chin, the pouty chin. His boosinator is not broken. He's pouting.
1: He's not. She's not having a great time. There's also a photo of then versus now Archbishop of
0: Canterbury.
1: And you can see just how far we've come. <laughs> the They're the sleeves.
0: same. Corporate wants you to find the difference between these two pictures. <laughs> They're the same picture. <laughs> like this was in 1545 and 2021. They literally only took off the scarf of the outfit and yeah. the silly hat. Everything Tom- else is the same. Tom
2: Cran too just looks like he's about to burst into tears. <laughs>
1: well, he looks uh-huh. really uh-huh. upset. Out and we will get to it. Oh. Great. Okay, so he's kicked out of college because he gets married. Joan dies in childbirth. He's like, sweet, I can go back to Jesus College. Oh my god! (laughs) So he fucked
0: her. Sweet. They never fully stopped enrolling me in Jesus College. I still have my student ID. Let's go. All my Amanda at Hamilton. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I still have my Hamilton ID. Let's get a discount. It's graduation day. Where's Amanda?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I' would uh, not have been surprised if you had been the MC of our
0: graduate. <laughs> that would have been fucking amazing. <laughs> okay, so he's Time reinstated.
1: He then begins studying theology in earnest, and one source describes him as quote, "a man of immense, though not very original learning. Ernest goes <laughs> to Jesus College. <laughs> and in 1520 he is finally ordained as a Catholic priest. I mean, same, but I just
0: did it online. Loser! <laughs> you're, not a, uh, you're not a Catholic priest. The fuck you I'm can not. Mary. The fuck I'm not. I went to Jesus College online. <laughs> I got my degree in under sixty minutes, and I can perform. And miracles. you have a last rites box. Miracles. I do have a last rites box. You're basically and a sashes. Catholic priest. Yeah. <laughs> and sashes. Fucking come for me.
1: Come for me. Okay. So, this period in time, though, is around the year 1520, was an incredibly tense time in British politics. We're not going to get into all of it, but short version Henry VIII is a narcissistic psychopath. Trying to make up a new religion so he can fuck more bitches. Yes, mm-hmm. pretty much. He had been married for a long time to Catherine of Aragon. And initially they were happy and they had a baby named Mary, but then she kind of gets old and she can't give him a son, even though we now know that that's not how that She gets old, so she's works. like
0: 16 or 17 <laughs> <Yeah. She> can't <laughs> give like a 30 son. She's like 30-something. <laughs> Ugh,
1: what, what a hag. Put away what? <laughs> what a hag. What a hag. And uh, he gets the hots for Anne Boleyn, but she's holding out because she wants a ring and (laughs) whatever. So Henry needs to go to the Vatican to get an annulment. After many years and a child. (laughs) Yeah, they'd been married for like 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) And the Vatican was like, fuck no. And part of that was because it was just like stupid on the face of it. And part of it was because they were trying to kiss up to Catherine of Aragon's relatives. Anyway, okay. So in 1527, after completing a doctor of divinity degree, Cranmer was assigned to assist with the annulment proceedings, like trying to get the Pope to agree to this fucking annulment. Mm -hmm. But first, he's just like one person in this big delegation all working on this for years. In 1529, there's a little blip. He leaves Cambridge. He goes and stays with relatives outside of London because there's a fucking outbreak of plague. In the city, and so he's trying to not get plague, which is exactly what a priest should do. Just flee from that's what Kennedy. they all fucking
0: did. Yeah. Also, I feel like in another life, I'd be like, Wow, can you imagine what that would be like? And now in a post COVID world, I'm like, Oh. Yeah. Just living every day of oh, my life, trying to avoid plague. He mm-hmm.
1: left Brooklyn and bought a farmhouse in the Catskills.
0: Yeah. Can't blame him. <laughs> Got it. Hi, Kenny. <laughs>
1: Speaking from someone close <laughs> to you by chance? Oddly specific? Yeah, I get what you're saying. <laughs> but not even just Kenny, like four other people I know did that. Oh, yeah. At this point in time, Cranmer becomes personally acquainted with Henry VIII, who had also gotten the fuck out of London to avoid the plague. And they live nearby each other in the countryside and they
0: become their buds. They're brewing beers together, hating on their wives, their ex-wives, their dead wives, drinking (laughs) beers in the driveway,
2: their respective
1: driveways in the cul-de-sac beers in the garage. Yeah. 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 So Cranmer also spent time during this trip with two of the King's other close religious advisors who were also working on this whole annulment Fiasco, Stephen Gardner, and Edward Fox. And the three of them spent long hours discussing the case and decided that rather than appealing directly to Rome for the annulment, which they'd already been trying to do for years and was not working, Mm -hmm. they decided they might have better luck traveling around Europe and interviewing other religious scholars and trying to build a legal case. Here we go. The king exercised supreme jurisdiction within his realm. Okay. So they're just trying to like completely upend... ...centuries of how Christian Europe works. How it was done. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So the men gained approval for this plan because it they were trying to help Henry fuck Anne Boleyn. Mm-hmm. And it was during... It's of national interest. Right. It truly is. <laughs> he wanted to get his dick sucked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so Cranmer encounters other humanist and Protestant reformers around Europe... And they start to get into his head. Then, in 1532, he was appointed ambassador to the Holy Roman Emperor Charles V, which he means he's spending more time abroad and he's chatting with more people and hobnobbing with more Protestants.
0: Fucking slob nobbing. Yeah. Ew.
1: <laughs> Hob on my knob.
0: Yeah. Slob on my nobbing with fucking, <laughs> 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 fucking. Trying to get some stank Emperor
2: on his down. Ew. Yeah.
1: Jesus Christ. <laughs>
2: God,
0: <laughs> explain it to me like I'm on TikTok. Okay, he was gobbing on his knob, trying to get some stank finger. <laughs> so he be trying to get st- his dick wet. Well, well. You're a lot
1: closer than you might <laughs> ish. <laughs> God, you're not <laughs> wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wrong. This. The whole thing is wrong. He became especially close with a German-Lutheran reformer named Andreas Osiander. I don't know how to say that.
0: Weezer-Badro. <laughs> this
1: this Weezer. friendship. Weezer-Badro.
2: <laughs> Kenyon's Weezer.
1: You totally are. You're loud.
2: <laughs> wow. So this,
1: Weezer. this friendship led him to take a very surprising action for an ordained Catholic priest. Priest, a very well known and high up ordained Catholic priest, which was that he decided to fucking marry Again. another woman. No. This one named uh, Marguerite, who was the niece of this Lutheran guy that he had been Weezer's
0: wife. Weezer's niece. <laughs> Weezer's niece.
1: <laughs> so, yes, he'd been married before, but that was before he was like officially a priest. So now and that she died. So she it died. don't count. Don't count. <laughs> So now the fact that he's marrying as a priest is like. Yeah, scandal, babe. Really scandalous and illegal. Mm -hmm. This is
0: like Harry leaving the royal family scandalous. Yeah. God, Mm -hmm. get over it. And a lot of priests just
1: like (laughs) took mistresses. So like he could have done that. And so he actually like made a choice to actually marry her. Publicly wed. Because like taking a mistress was, quote, the prevailing custom among Uh priests for whom celibacy was too rigorous. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Always have a backup. So scholars believe that by this point, Cranmer's views had undergone a definitive change to become more aligned with the Protestant reformers than the Catholic Church. So now he's he is a Protestant now in, in all but name, in his heart. Okay. Mm-hmm. Still, his marriage to Marguerite and the two children they had together had to remain a secret for the next 15 years because, yeah, it's not done. There are even rumors that she would travel with him in a chest with air holes cut no, into it. No. But they, these no. are probably, it's probably not true because that just sounds horrible. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's what that's was like
2: said. the Tyrion Lannister had to cross Ugh, the sea yeah. in that
1: shed, in the crate. Totes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. So, not long after this marriage, Cranmer is called back to England because they're still trying to work on this fucking annulment. At this time, the elderly Archbishop of Canterbury, which is a major, major deal. It's, like, mm. on the level of, like, Secretary of State, basically. Like, it's like a big, big deal, Archbishop of Canterbury. He had just died, and the king needed someone loyal, so he appoints Cranmer to this big, big big-time job. Good job, Cranberry. (laughs) Big promotion for Cranberry. For Cranrias. And the king now is putting a lot of pressure on him to make this fucking annulment finally fucking happen because Anne Boleyn, they'd, like, had a secret wedding... Even though he wasn't <laughs> actually divorced, okay, and, that's always going to turn out well. And now Anne was pregnant. Oh, bonus points to who can name the her child. Who was she pregnant with? Damien Elizabeth. Faye. Elizabeth. Um, Got it. Elizabeth the first. Good job. Fine. The redhead. <sighs> okay, so as Archbishop in his new job, Cranmer officially lent his support to the king's cause and declared the marriage to Catherine of Aragon void from the beginning for reasons we're not going to get into and pronounce that this new marriage to Anne Boleyn was the real one.
2: Does that mean Mm. the child that he had that Mary
1: was uh, illegitimate? That's what they claimed. Mm Okay, And Mary obviously is not happy about suddenly going from princess and heir apparent to bastard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also having her mom like shamed and put away and ignored. Yeah. Yeah. And her whole religion being taken away from her. Okay. We will get to it. Mary's pissed. Also pissed are just like the common folk because they liked Catherine of Aragon and they recognized that Henry was being an asshole and like this was all bullshit and also they like started rumors that Anne Boleyn was a witch. Anyway. It's Princess Diana all over again. Yeah. Basically, this meant that like Cranmer... Doing this and, like, following Henry and making this proclamation means that the Pope is out. We're no longer following the Pope. Huge fucking shift. Henry VIII is now the supreme head of the Church of England. Mm -hmm. This is called the Act of Supremacy. This is the Protestant Reformation, basically. Mm -hmm. In the years to come, the Church of England, which is the new church, grew its power, and Cranmer remained close to the king and continued to do whatever the fuck Henry wanted, which just got crazier as time went on. So in 1536, Henry became convinced that Anne Boleyn was cheating on him. She probably wasn't. I mean, we're like 99.9% sure she wasn't actually. She just was kind of a flirt. She was Mm -hmm. a flirt, not a slurt. And... (laughs) 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 He, He even, like... Accused her of having sex with her own brother, which like definitely did not happen, whatever. And so Cranmer agrees to follow Henry again and declares that this marriage is invalid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then they, you know, she gets beheaded. Then in 1540, Cranmer helps Henry get an annulment from his latest wife. Which if you're counting this is now number four. We skipped mm. over number three. She oh. was the good one only because she basically died in childbirth
0: and gave him a son. Mm. What was her so name?
1: She, Jane Seymour. Oh yeah, Jane Seymour. So we got uh, we got Wasn't
0: Jane Seymour the actress who played yes. Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman? Yes.
1: Good good call. hmm Oh That was
0: a memory.
2: fantastic program. Such a fantastic mm. program. I watched it with my grandma. That's why I
1: call it a program. Oh yeah. her shows are on Mm -hmm. oh
0: my (laughs) shows!
1: such a great program gotta watch my stories
0: (laughs) okay to be confused
1: with pilgrim
0: Mm. no
1: (laughs) but there will be those and we'll get to it (laughs) so we got Catherine of Aragon then we got Anne Boleyn then we got Jane Seymour she gives the son but then she dies and Henry always loves her But he probably would have ended up beheading her at some point anyway if she had lived longer. Mm -hmm. Then he marries Anne of Cleves, doesn't actually like her. He gets pissed. There's like a whole drama about like her portrait. Like uh, Hans Holbein like sends a portrait of Anne of Cleves to Henry VIII and she looks hot. And then she shows up in person and Henry's like, you're not as hot as your picture. Catfish,
0: the first catfishing. I thought you were called Cleves
1: for a reason, <laughs> loser. And also, he like claimed that she smelled bad, but like he smelled bad, yeah. So like mm-hmm. go off, but whatever. Yeah. Go People off. People who live in smelly houses
0: shouldn't throw Febreze. <laughs>
1: so anyway, okay. so they. Annul this marriage, but they stay friends actually, which is kind of funny. And then in f- 1542, Cranberry was instrumental in the investigation <laughs> that resulted in wife number five. Good
0: Lord. Wow. Her went for it.
1: Beheading, also due to supposed cheating, although she probably did actually cheat. Well, but it's not really her fault she was like 19 and Henry was like old and gross and mean. And, st- yeah, and also, you know, she might cheat. have been, like, groomed as a child. St- and stanky. <laughs> and yeah. very stanky. He, he stank. had, like, an infected leg. Stop. Oh, I know. Having
0: help. smelled another an infected s- leg. Another stanky leg. <laughs> there is an angry fly in here, and he will not leave me alone. Anyway, continue. Okay. For the watchers at home.
1: Anyway, I hope that you have enjoyed that summary of most but not all of Henry's wives. Okay. <laughs> uh- <sighs> so, he's beheaded number two now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's evidence that Cranberry had mixed feelings about his involvement with all of these proceedings, because obviously they're bananas and he is just willy nilly, willy nilly, like offering annulments and killing and executions. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is agreed upon is that he did seem to be a true believer in the Protestant Reformation. Henry, like, really didn't care about religious details and doctrine Mm -hmm. as long as he was allowed to do whatever the fuck he wanted.
0: Right. Let me do me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want my power and my women Mm power. And y'all do
1: whatever you want over here. Right. Don't involve me. So Cranmer became instrumental in shaping the new church of England. And along with Thomas Cromwell, we don't have time to get into it, but you can like read Wolf Hall if you're actually interested. He promoted the publication Mm -hmm. of an English Bible. And this was a big deal because up until then, the Bible had only been in Latin, whatever. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Then uh, Cranberry composed something called a litany for the church, but I couldn't really figure out what that is. I think it's like a prayer that you read during a parade. I don't know. Catholics, let me know. So then, um, (laughs) or don't, it's fine. (laughs) Basically, a lot of what he just is like shitting on the Pope. Okay. Really hates the Pope. Henry is famously fickle. He, but he did seem to have like a true fondness for Cranmer and like a lot of Henry's other close friends ended up getting like sent to the literal chopping block, but like Mm -hmm. Cranberry sticks around. He's a really good yes man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Also, uh, Cranberry's enemies tried to kill him on at least three different occasions in, like, elaborate plots, and none of them worked. They tried Mm -hmm. to get, you know, Henry to kill him, and Henry was like, no, I like that, dude. It's fine. (laughs) He's chill. Uh, So it's said that Henry had a, quote, curious attachment to him. They were BFFs. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. According to one source, quote, the king regarded him with that mixture of awe and amusement that the worldly and selfish bestow on those who appear simple in affairs. He liked him, listened to him, protected him, but allowed him no political influence whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he's just like a little yes man to keep in his packet. He's Mm -hmm. a Chris Christie. Mm -hmm. So Cranmer's real influence would come after Henry's death. So Henry dies and his only son the one that was born to to Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman right Jane Seymour okay <laughs> becomes king but he's only 9 years old that's old enough you only have a few good years left
0: <laughs> well you he, <laughs> he really
1: did only have a few good years oh, God. left
0: <laughs> you're cruel I peaked <laughs> I peaked when I was 9 yeah I have been on this downward hill way <laughs> yeah, below the Earth's crust. You those s-
2: s- sewing scissors.
0: Seriously. <laughs> My really cool asymmetrical haircut and tossing the goose-snowing scissors, swan scissors, yeah. into the bag. Mm-hmm. Beaked. I mean, Lucy and I met when we were eight, so imagine,
1: imagine becoming king, king a year later. <laughs> king. This midlife crisis. <laughs> king of the realm. <laughs>
0: Well, which is intentionally vague, so you can keep annexing and colonizing yeah. more places.
1: So during hopefully the short- he had
0: lunch first.
1: what's <laughs> <was> the first <laughs> thing you thing would you do. do if you won know, the, go lo- go to the lunch. King lottery. <laughs> have
0: lunch. Go to lunch. Go to lunch. <laughs> Lucy's answer: If you won the lottery, what's the first thing you would do? I don't know. Go to lunch.
1: <laughs> Unless it's night, and then I'd have dinner. And then I'd have dinner. <laughs> I, I guess if it's morning, I'd have breakfast, but I probably wouldn't be up. She never eats breakfast. She I never eats that's breakfast. McDonald's
0: breakfast. Are you True. kidding? True. It's the
2: only breakfast, but that's only
0: then, suitable. like at one second to eleven a.m., yeah. so that she can <laughs> get it at the last minute. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so Edward the Sixth, he's nine, he becomes king. He is a real Protestant because his whole Mom would never have been queen if it, if the Catholics had stayed in power. So he's like a real Protestant. He also, all his guardians are like super Protestants. So, mm-hmm. yeah. He cares a lot more about religion than his dad did. Mm-hmm. The
2: nine-year-old? The nine-year-old. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure we're talking about the same
0: person. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, you know. He's deep into he's his Protestant devoid. era. Okay. <laughs> His fourth grader is
1: devout
0: (laughs) Okay He fucks but he doesn't Because he's Protestant
1: Ish and nine Okay so Cranmer (laughs) is a really important ally And advisor to the the boy king In 1549 Cranmer writes The new book of common prayer The new book of Cranmer prayer
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah sure
1: <laughs> he writes "Bridge to Terabithia." Oh, and- and- I'm gonna <laughs> cry just thinking about that book. God. But-, but this golden age of cranberry's religious influence proved to be short-lived, much like the boy king, no! <laughs> oh, Edward. Oh. Eddie. uh. (laughs) So in the summer of 1553, it became clear that young Edward, who had been ill for months, would probably not live to see his 16th birthday.
0: He really was middle-aged. He was too devout. He was upper middle-aged when he took the throne. (laughs) Sad.
1: (laughs) So the next person in line is supposed to be Mary. Got it. And who does Mary really not like? Elizabeth. Queen Elizabeth. And yes. the dad. And the king. Cranberry. She Cran- really hates doesn't, Cranberry. really hates
2: Cranberry. Why does she hate Cranberry? Because, because he took up for her
1: dad. Yeah, because he was instrumental in her dad, d- you know, divorcing her mom oh, and right, making right, 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 her a bastard. Right. right. right, right, right. And, sh- and Mary is super Catholic. And she's an actual adult, so she can actually make that decision. But mm.
2: Mary's mother is still alive, right? No, she
1: died, oh, but she-, she died naturally. Okay. She, was she like- wasn't... Sent to like some, she wasn't beheaded. Yeah. Castle, or, yeah. Got no, she had too many like powerful relatives to like actually be beheaded. Mm-hmm. So she just was like sent somewhere to like waste away and die, basically. Ugh. Luck.
0: Okay. <laughs> right. Sounds. What well, like- I wouldn't it fucking. So good relaxing. right now. <laughs> Please just send me away. She didn't have to away. do any
1: chores. She didn't Ugh. have a job. She didn't have any more kids. You know what she I would a love to do? To worry
2: about? Wither on the vine. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> sounds
1: great. All it she had to do was amazing. like sit around and pray and like eat. Let up, bitch.
0: Wither on the vine. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, so Mary. There's a whole thing. I'm not going to get into it. There's, like, a different queen for, like, nine days, but it doesn't
0: work out. And But she died because she didn't wear a coat outside on, <laughs> on a cold day. It didn't work out. <laughs> William Henry Harrison.
1: It's too complicated. There was the queen for a bit, but Mary was like, fuck no, this is mine, and she takes the throne back in nine days. Okay. Okay. So Mary immediately has cranmer arrested for treason for plotting against her and putting this Bye, other bitch. queen on the throne and she's like fuck you cranberry now i'm queen and your life is about eat to get whole, really dad i thought you were gonna end at eat my hole <laughs> in my hole Oh. <laughs> Basically, she's trying to get on with the important work of burning heretics at the stake. And that's where it, the yeah. whole Bloody Mary thing comes from. Mm-hmm. You can't let Love. that slide. That stacks up real quick. You got to mm-hmm. stay on top of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. You can't just let all these heretics just be running around. No. Oh, mm-hmm. They compound. <laughs> so Thomas Cranmer is arrested. And the he's- Thomas Cranmer affair. <laughs> He is officially removed from his position as archbishop, and he is subjected to a lengthy and brutal and very public trial because she's trying to like embarrass the fuck out of him and all Protestants.
0: Good for her. But what, like, it's hard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Take a look at Mary. We've got pics of Mary on the drive. She's too.
0: exquisite. Mm-hmm. Ex. No notes. Mm-hmm. She has the most severe face. <laughs> love her oh Mary love
1: also just love all these like really crude
0: and bad cartoons of Cranmer Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) the like wood carvings they're amazing he's melting in most of them (laughs) yeah Weezer's not looking too great himself though he's
2: got a lopsided hat in every single one <laughs> Mary's face. I can't. Yeah. She looks so
0: face. pissed off.
2: Yeah. She's. No, she's JLo blood.
0: after the Grammys talking to yes. Ben Affleck. After yeah. she wiped off her brows. Mm hmm. Yeah, her <laughs> brows Fuck are. She got needs some- them.
2: Two thousands brows.
0: <laughs> Can someone explain <laughs> to me the young people trend of bleaching your eyebrows? Yeah, I'm seeing it all over the place, y'all. Uh, Jonathan Van Ness just didn't I I keep up with the kids,
1: and it's not. I, it's not good. I, I love him, but no. What are um, y'all it's thinking? Like it. It's not it. Actually, I can't answer the eyebrow question for Mary though. Mm. So it used to be like syphilis. A- no, <laughs> I don't know why Everything it became was in fashion, but it became fashionable to have a
0: huge forehead oh. as a woman. Oh yeah, that's right. You know this because you always talk about how you would thrive. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so your forehead h- looked
1: bigger. So they they would even like you know shave their heads back, back so yeah. they could have like a really high forehead, and that was true in the Middle Ages too. It was actually wow. starting to like be more tame. By this period, but for bring a while. It
0: back. I'll shave back my hairline. Bring it oh, all the way back. Bring it all <laughs> the way back. I want the Reformation,
1: please. Mm-hmm. But only for women, not for men. <laughs> right. Okay. So she burns about 300 heretics Give in her the span team. of just like a few years. So she's cruising. Mm. But it's not enough. And she doesn't want to just execute Cranberry right away because she wants to get like some good propaganda out of this. Some momentum. He's so high profile. So she mm. wants what she really wants is for him to publicly recant his Protestant beliefs before he died.
2: Did she want him to like be so afraid Of her like ramping up these efforts that he would recant in order to not be executed at all? Or was Mm. she wanting him to recant right before he was executed because she wanted him dead regardless?
1: Well, she wanted him dead regardless, but he thought there was a chance that if he recanted, Mm. he would be saved. And we are about to get to it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So at first she tries the good cop approach. So she moves him out of prison where he'd been for two years at this point. Into the home of the dean of Christ Church with the hope that, like, being in a nice, comfy, cushy environment surrounded by other religious BFFs, then he could be like persuaded sure. to renounce and come back to Catholicism. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it worked. So, whereas oh. a lot of people were like, no, like, I, these are my beliefs and it's the fucking tutor, period. He's like, I don't
0: believe in shit. Yeah. Let's go. You want me to denounce? I'll denounce. Is it going to keep me fucking his horrible? Alive? His
2: horrible college professor kind of made,
1: made him pliable. Made him, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, it did yeah. save his life.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: never sure saved about him.
2: anything. Well, yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> so, believing that he would be in the clear if he agreed to these recantations, Cranmer, who had already, again, converted from being well, studying to become a priest, deciding nope, don't want to be a priest. I want to Oh, yeah. my wife dies. I guess I will be a priest. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't want to be Catholic anymore. Oh, I, wanna I fuck guess again. I'm gonna be Protestant.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now he's saying, you know, now he's flip flopping again to save his skin, and he's like, okay, fuck Protestantism. I'm a Catholic again. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he signs four recantations in which he recognizes the authority of Queen Mary and declares that the Pope is the head of the church mm-hmm. and that there is not like a church of England.
0: It's just the, the church, church. And it's this one mm-hmm. and deal with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: But this wasn't enough for Mary. She really wanted Cranmer to beg. So he's returned to prison and his execution date is set. And Can he's he- like, wait. I feel like you have a lot in common
2: with Mary. <laughs> yeah. She
1: wanted him uh, uh, to, to say be- it. <laughs> into her crotch. I don't feel like you meant it when you said exactly what I wanted you to say. Yeah. That's- I didn't, get for it for a didn't quick pass chat. the vibe check.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I didn't, didn't feel it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you it. sorry for? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: What are you
0: sorry for?
1: That's a great lie. I want to hear you say it. Mm. So, obviously freaked out, because he's like, I did what you said, I did what you asked, and now you sent me from this nice, cozy house back Mm -hmm. to prison. (laughs) Yeah, something's
0: off. Something's Uh, off. Something's off.
1: (laughs) Just two days later, Cranmer writes his fifth recantation, in which he renounces all of his Protestant beliefs He's like, there's no salvation outside of the Catholic Church. And he announces his, quote, joy at returning to the true faith. He's mm. like, oh, really? For realsies? I'm a Catholic again. You're like, no, I love I it here. Love it. I love it.
2: <laughs> I was just kidding last time. <laughs> no,
1: I swear I love it. <laughs> So under normal canon law, at this point, because he just like so thoroughly recanted, he wouldn't be considered a heretic anymore and he should be allowed to live, right? He'd be reformed, if you will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So his execution should have been canceled. <laughs> but Mary was still pissed. So instead, she just is like... <laughs> and
0: another thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so she just is like, I'll delay your execution, but you're but still... But we're
0: gonna do yeah. it, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm, not I'm gonna do still it. gonna do it. I did it.
1: I'm, I'm Just gonna make I, you sweat
0: for a little bit. I'm
1: not gonna do it. I'm not gonna. I'm do not it. gonna do it, I'm
0: not gonna do it. Girl, I did it. <laughs> Girl, I'm not gonna do it.
2: I did a so, thing. I did,
1: it. <laughs> so, I did a thing. So Cranmer issues one <laughs> final recantation. Uh, the eighth, which, which is a this is his. Six Oh six. <laughs> which is a sweeping confession of sin. So he's just listing all of his sins. He's like, you know what? I'm a piece of shit. You're amazing. I'm so sorry. He's throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Mary has no interest in being merciful. And the jig was up and his final execution date is set. Mm. I mean, I'm relieved. So Cranmer was told he would be this able
0: nightmares finally over to for make me. one for, <laughs> for spent me. Been a lot. Spent a lot. It's... For me. Tom's house got broken into, <laughs> and I
1: confronted the burglar. And you could just... say I'm a little stressed. <laughs> Cranberry was thrown Fair in prison, and he issued so, four yeah, recantations, and then Spends. his execution then date four. was delayed, and then he issued a and final then. true reclamation, <laughs> and then so, yeah, his car rolled five times. <laughs> rolled five times. And now he's a Catholic, but he was married. And, fine. <laughs> um, and he
2: confronted the heretics. And- <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so... He's allowed. <laughs> He's basically allowed to write a speech that will be his like last words, and it's supposed to be one final recantation. I hope it's that. <laughs> and he confronted the Harris. Yeah. And- <laughs> so yeah, I've been stressed,
2: <laughs> and I converted five times.
1: And- <laughs> I converted five times. I need to write that whole thing out. Write. <laughs> Please write the Thomas Cranmer, uh, <laughs> Erica Jane recantation. <laughs> <laughs> and he confronted the heretic. I'll write it. I'm gonna write it and send it to you guys in a voice memo. And later he wrote the tonight. Book of Common Prayer, which is like in English, but and also like there was like a litany of things, like li- like a literal litany, like a literal, <laughs> literal litany of bullshit. <laughs> like a literal litany, though. Gee, no, but like not I taken don't even know what it is. to be confused with a liturgy. <Literal laughs> <litany>. Okay. <laughs> wow. So they're like, okay, write out your last words, and you can read them from this from the stake. I keep saying I keep saying scaffold, but they're burning people yeah. at this time. Yeah, it's a bonfire. Yeah. And so they he writes it, and they pre-approve it. Basically, they're like, yeah, this looks good. But then, on the day of his execution, in a shocking turn of events. Oh, that bitch. (laughs) He deviates from his pre-approved speech and he recants his previous recantations. Yes, Cranberry, you're such a nuisance. I love it. (laughs) And declares, quote, And as for the Pope, I refuse him as Christ's enemy and antichrist with all his false doctrine. So he's like, psych, I didn't mean it. I'm still a Protestant. I'm not a Catholic. And this is in front of a big crowd of people, like a huge crowd of people. Mm -hmm. And the Pope can fuck off. And the Pope can fuck off and Mary can fuck off because like, what worse shit is she going to do to him? She's burning him alive. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, <laughs> he has nothing to lose. So when he burned, he also made a point of thrusting his right hand deeper into the fire. And this was like the hand that had written his previous recantation. So he was trying to be like, I renounce the oh my writing God. hand. Ew. <laughs> As How dramatic. I- yes such <sighs> a drama queen fucking relax drama king. fucking relax God. so as one obviously protestant source put it quote the proximity of death restored his faith and his dignity debatable <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay <laughs> okay guy.
1: mary the first government tried to counteract some of the damage of this dramatic scene because like this was not what they wanted to happen. It was a real setback. <laughs> no. Not good PR.
0: No. Soups, not what they were looking for. No.
1: <laughs> so they published a pamphlet that included all of his first recantations and they, not loved, what he pamphlets. Said. they loved pamphlets. They love pamphlets. Oh, yeah. They love their pamphlets. To this day, Cranmer's true beliefs remain a subject of some debate, but I found this quote of his to be most apt Quote, What the heart loves, the will chooses. And the mind justifies. Oh wow! I love that. And that is my case of the of the flip flopping reformer, the the not Thomas Cranberry. I wow. loved it. Thank that you. That was phenomenal.
2: Thank you. Love that Cranraz uh, and his crooked little hat.
1: Crangle. Sad face and crooked hat. Yeah. Ugh. All it's right.
0: Should we hear a quick word from our sponsors? Yes sir. Sure. You know, we're in it. We're in 2023 and I'm putting my best foot forward this year. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm thinking ahead to my wedding night and all the dancing I want to be doing. Mm. And one of the plans I have is to make sure I have a cute pair of Rothy's for my wedding. Uh, Bridal Rothy's. Yes. Bridal Rothy's refresh your 2023 wardrobe with Rothy's for chic sustainable shoes that bring out your style and, frankly, comfort a game. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I am completely obsessed with Rothy's. I love everything about them. Mm-hmm. I have very sensitive feet. Uh-huh. And Rothy's... <laughs> <laughs> See, I-, I do. <laughs> and Rothy's are just so comfortable, like, right out of the box. Like, you don't have to break them in. They are just comfortable. You can walk all day in them. They're machine washable.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Hi, if you have stinky feet, you pop, or you just have, you know, you live on a dirty sidewalk. The world is Mm -hmm. a dirty place. Mm
0: -hmm. You just
1: pop those suckers into the washing machine. They come out looking brand spanking new. Mm -hmm. They're super durable. I've literally never had an issue with my Rothy's. I can't even wear them into the ground. They just last forever. They just—they really do. They just look new. And Mm -hmm. they're super stinking cute. I have all different kinds. I've got the point in like maybe five or six different colors, if I'm being honest. (laughs) You love the point. I love the point. I went up a half shoe size from being pregnant fun times mm. and I just reordered all my favorite points in got to the new size <laughs> and now I've mm. got my eye on the blue sage color. I've got the sneakers. Uh I'm looking The loafers. I'm looking at some loafers. I just, you know, they're fantastic. So they've got flats, loafers, sneakers. And more in dozens of colors and prints. And they're always launching more. These are effortlessly versatile styles that you can wear season after season. Because, again, they're 100% machine washable. They also got Mm -hmm. handbags, toes, wallets, more. I got, like, three different makeup bags from Rothy's. They're perfect. Uh, What are you doing? Go buy them now. Yeah. (laughs) For stylish and comfortable shoes,
2: shop Rothy's. Get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com forward slash gals. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash G-A-L-S and treat your feet. Treat them.
0: Treat them.
2: If you're anything like most people, us for sure, Mm -hmm. setting grand resolutions for the new year uh, doesn't work. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. It also just feels bad. It
1: feels really daunting, very overwhelming rough so, way when you think about it to start a new year to be like these are mm. all the things I'm bad at yeah it's not rough.
2: it's not great but the, y- there are ways to make it easier so if you just start small you think about all the little habit changes you can make one tiny baby step at a time it's a lot less overwhelming and that yeah. is why blue land is perfect because they make it so easy to start a new low waste lifestyle so there's no massive overhaul of your routine, nothing super daunting, just tiny changes that add up to a huge impact.
0: I've got my whole family on Blue Land. My mom is using it, and then she got some like extra stuff in her last shipment, so she's sending stuff to my sister to get her into it, and the second she tries those dishwasher pods, her life's going to be over. Mm-hmm. Like the toilet bowl cleaners. The toilet bowl I mean it, the forever foaming hand So oh it's the best it's the best and Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet this is the question that I always get is like do these products actually work I'm telling you they super do I am a filthy filthy pig person (laughs) like my messes are really shocking there's
2: blue there's a lot of blue around your house so
0: much blue hair i mean food like i am foul and blue Blue land Land to clean up your blue exactly (laughs) and blue land works y'all and their idea is so simple they offer beautiful endlessly refillable cleaning products so just fill your bottles with water drop in the tablets wait for them to dissolve you're done you have cleaning solution right there. You'll never, ever have to grab bulky cleaning supplies on your grocery run. The giant thing of liquid clothing soap, laundry detergent. Clothing soap. I forgot. I was She's so, so traumatized by the thought of detergent that I forgot what it was called. And you're going to save so much money because refills start at just $2.25. And you can do what I did and set up a subscription so that... Mm-hmm. I just have it delivered to my house. I know it's coming. I don't have to think about adding it to my grocery list. It just shows up. Or you can buy in bulk up front for additional savings. And they have everything. They've got cleaning sprays. They've got hand soap. They've got toilet bowl cleaner. They've got laundry tablets. They've got dishwasher tablets. Everything that Blue Blueland makes is made with clean ingredients that you can feel good about. The best way to get started is get their clean essentials kit. This has everything you need. You've got three bottles of cleaner plus a bottle of hand soap comes in those gorgeous light scents like Iris agave, Mm. fresh lemon and (laughs) eucalyptus mint, which is my favorite. It makes your whole house smell like a spa, but like it's subtle.
1: Yeah, they're it's subtle not like, and delicious scents. Yeah,
0: it's not like you just emptied an entire bucket of of air freshener into your house. It's like it's so lovely. And Blue Land has a special offer just for Whining Crime listeners to get fifteen percent off your first purchase of any product to get you and your year started right. Tell us more, Kenyon. So to get fifteen percent off your first order, go to blueland.com/gals.
1: G A L S. That's 15% off your first order right now when you go to blueland.com/gals that's blueland.com/gals and treat your clean. Treat it. Treat it. So they say that hair care is the new skincare but there is one brand that has taken it to the next level. With a cult-like following, Kitsch has created game-changing essentials beauty enthusiasts swear by. From satin pillowcases, hello? hmm Luxury, babe. To time-saving towels, Kitsch knows hair care doesn't stop in the shower.
2: Oh, no. You got hair outside the shower, too. Mm-hmm. If you didn't know. So whatever your budget, your skin type, your hair type, Kitsch believes you deserve little indulgences at affordable prices morning, noon, and night. Sign me up for all the luxury. Mm-hmm. Mm. Started in 2010 by selling hair ties door to door, so literally just hustle and a dream. Kitsch is self-funded, female-founded, and now carried in over 20,000 retail locations. I myself bought, before they were even a sponsor of the show, bought a Kitsch... Uh, eye mask Mm -hmm. at this cute little apothecary in Galena, Illinois. Hello! They have great products. They really do and I love it. It's my it's my one of my favorite eye masks. (laughs) So Kitch's best sellers include satin pillowcases I got those too caps and eye masks the satin is vegan and cruelty free and they
1: are so great for your hair and skin while you sleep they're also always like cool mm-hmm. i love them i love these pillowcases i got i got the pillowcases in like a like a iridescent shimmer same same and they're super cute they look like our uh wine bottle openers if i'm being honest and i brought them to chicago with me because i hate sleeping on hotel pillowcases so I brought my uh-huh. own.
0: Yeah, Good for it's you. it's like a whole new level of adulting when you start traveling with your own pillowcase and your own slippers. This this is a thing I am doing now, and mm-hmm. I love it. Kitsch
2: also has shampoo and conditioner bars. Yes, bars. So this is bottle free beauty, baby. Mm. They also have heatless satin cur- curling rollers. Love. So you can say goodbye to heat damage. There are TikTok videos of people throwing away their six hundred dollar curlers for. These heatless satin rollers. Obsessed. I've, I've, I have have seen them all over TikTok. The amazing thing is this is only a fraction of the price at $18. Get out of here. You're saving your hair. You're saving your wallet. It's amazing. Kitsch also has quick dry hair towels, their classic hair
0: ties and scrunchies, and so, so much more. Oh, amazing. And right now, Kitsch is offering you 30% off your entire order at mykitchcom gals. That's right. 30% off anything and everything at MyKitch, which is spelled M-Y-K-I-T-S-C-H dot com slash gals. One more time, mykitsch.com slash gals for 30% off your order and treat your beauty. Treat, treat it. Are you ready for my case? Maybe. No. Well, this was before I knew what Kenyon was actually covering, and I thought like, oh, this has the potential to be a really sad episode. That Kenyon f- took care of that, but um, <laughs> I mean, so three hundred wanted- people were burnt alive in my case, but well, yeah, yeah, but I didn't know them, right. <laughs> I didn't. You didn't do what you to like go. to do, it Yeah, was... where you make us fall in love with the character and then you kill them off. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to focus on a story with a happy ending, a story of reformation and redemption for one ex-con who we all know very well, Danny Trejo.
2: Ooh, Oh, with the tattoos uh, and the long hair and the s- Danny
0: scars. Danny Trejo. Danny can, fucking can't can't Trejo. Yeah, there's photos of him else. on the drive. He's Danny yeah. Fucking, yeah. fucking Trejo. Icon Danny Trejo possibly the most famous and like quote unquote successful but because of a lot of resources which we'll get to tale of a reformed prisoner that I could find and there is so much about this man that I did not know so buckle up and enjoy this ride So Danny was born on May 16th, 1944, a Taurus, which seems absolutely spot on, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and grew up in Echo Park, Los Angeles, California, with his parents, uh, well, not with his parents, but of his parents, Dolores Rivera King and Dionisio Trejo. Their household was not a happy one. Mm. Danny was conceived while Dolores's actual husband was fighting overseas in World War II. Having met Dionisio at a dance hall in late 1943. Oh, I mean, so that she had a little. I mean, she. It was so If war. you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. Yeah. <laughs> like, isn't that what they say? Did you just write your uh, wedding vows? <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: be <laughs> so careful. Listeners, submit the worst possible wedding vows for amanda to <laughs> tweet to at her. on
0: <laughs> great uh i can't wait for the dramatic reading of all of those tweets <laughs> that'll be my speech <laughs> yeah Del- you're not giving a speech but that'll be great good Thank dolores God. was oh, not we're giving a speech, speech. <laughs> <laughs> you're on my list of uh do not mic do well, not let like this a, person get the mic <laughs> with like a headshot no of my you. voice carries so my wedding, i don't need a mic yeah it's so my wedding planner knows
2: well we'll just sing wizard a women acapella at your rehearsal dinner is what we'll do yeah. that's perfect okay, yeah.
0: that is exactly what i want <laughs> yeah. so Dolores was not in Danny's life much, especially after Dionysio banned her from seeing him after Danny came home from her care with a sprained arm as a child. This may sound like a father protecting his child, but it was more about control. I mean, kids get hurt. Right. Like, okay. It is what it is. Okay. Dionisio worked in construction, but took on some unsavory extracurriculars, even having to flee Los Angeles in the late 1940s because he was wanted in L.A. for stabbing a guy. Oh, my so God. It wasn't,
1: it wasn't about protecting Danny.
0: It was because it, he was doing his own shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kay. And... Danny Trejo was pretty candid throughout his, like, life as a famous person that his father was abusive to him. Okay. So we know that Dionisio is not a good dude. Okay. They lived in San Antonio, Texas for about a year before Dionisio finally returned to Los Angeles and turned himself in. Hmm. Unable to care for his son while serving time, Danny was sent to live with his grandmother, who was also caring for a couple of his cousins at the time. And when he was with his father, he was cared for by his stepmother, Alice Mendias, who he remembers as, quote, his only source of comfort in his father's house.
1: Oh,
2: yeah, poor baby with Danny. Very,
0: so sad for baby Danny. And it's like worse than I ever could have imagined. So with very little structure and stability and a father who was in and out of jail and abusive when he was home, it wasn't a big shock that Danny would be inclined to self-medicate. So when his uncle, who was more like an older brother at only eight years his senior, introduced him to drugs at the age of seven years old, and, like, at a young age, Danny was already familiar with and using marijuana, heroin, and cocaine. At seven? Seven. That's younger than the boy king. I know. Oh Yeah. How would he even survive using heroin at seven? Well, I mean... Around this time, Danny had walked in on his uncle using heroin, so the first time that Danny used heroin was because he saw his uncle using it, mm-hmm. and his uncle introduced him Jesus to it.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. His uncle, who is like his older brother, yeah. and his uncle has and had, I don't believe he's any—he's with us any longer, but a lot of... These poor boys were definitely the product of their circumstances, mm-hmm. yeah. and it was... Not a good situation. So his uncle is like 14, 15 and and helping. His uncle is eight years older than him. Yeah. So he's, you know, a teenager and is involved in some not great shit himself. And so when his nephew slash little brother walks in on him, he's like, oh, no, it's okay. Like, it makes me feel good. Yeah. You should try this. And so he tries heroin for the first time. And that's also when he overdosed for the first you time you don't say
2: oh my god yeah.
0: and needed medical intervention but obviously survived and around this age so 7 8 years old Danny participated in his first drug deal mm-hmm. cuz he's like looking up to his uncle and he says quote he was like the cool one he reflected he was the one that always had the big wad of cash mm-hmm. yeah
1: so well, it's like of okay and a I lot of criminal gangs will use kids as drug runners because totally. they won't. They're less
0: suspected. They're less suspected. Yeah.
1: And even if they get caught, they're not going to like face
0: time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Danny looked up to his uncle and wanted to be like him and wanted to have income. And yeah, there you go. Quote, things rapidly escalated from there with Trejo becoming addicted and joining his uncle on robberies and drug deals to satisfy their habits. Well,
1: yeah, he had such le- nice, tiny hands yeah
0: <laughs> exactly. He's like a chimney sweep of crime. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh God. He can pick those locks. Mm-hmm. He landed in Juvenile Hall within a year and was eighteen when his activities first landed him in jail, at which point Trejo also became addicted to cocaine. So at the age of ten, he has his like first brush with the law. He's caught selling drugs. By age 12, he gets his first, like, stint with incarceration, but it's not prison because he's 12. So he was picked up for dealing drugs. He spends some time at Eastlake Juvenile Hall in 1956. And from there, he's in and out of jails and prisons for a number of years. Mm -hmm. During one L.A. County jail stay in 1961, Danny had the displeasure of meeting Charles Manson. Yes, that Charles Manson. He hated him immediately, describing him as "quote dirty, a dirty, greasy, scrawny white boy who was uh, allegedly a talented hypnotist." Yeah, <laughs> pretty much he summed said, it up. Yeah, and he said that Charles Manson hypnotized him while they were like in a holding cell together. No thanks. Yeah, really hated him. Ugh. So can isn't that so weird? That's spooky. I don't like it. Yeah, it's really creepy. So in the early days of his career in crime, he was mostly picked up on petty drug offenses or robberies to, like, get his own drugs. But things really escalated after he spent more time in and out of prison, which, as we've discussed many times and in recidivism crimes, is basically exactly what the prison system does. Mm -hmm. It creates, like, a profitable revolving door. Mm -hmm. And then you learn through this, like, subculture on the inside, Mm -hmm. how to survive both on the inside and on the outside. Mm -hmm. And it's just a snake eating its own tail. So as time went on, his crimes became more violent. He would be assigned by higher-level drug dealers to collect debts from clients because he was, like, a really good fighter. Like, he had gotten into boxing and stuff, especially being in and out of prison.
1: So he was fucking some people up probably. Oh,
0: he absolutely was and he would witness or participate in some serious violence. His uncle and also prison just in general got him into boxing around this time and he channeled a lot of energy into the sport becoming a champion in San Quentin's lightweight and welterweight divisions and apparently he was a champion in absolutely every prison that he was in in boxing like that's how good he was at it. So he's, in prison. God. Yeah,
1: to be a fucking lightweight champion ch- fighter champion in prison. in San Quentin. Yeah. Wow. I did not yeah. know this about Danny oh, he Trejo.
0: Was, he has a really wild upbringing. But it, despite, you know, his love and dedication to boxing, he was still deep in the grip of a drug addiction. And no matter how much he loved boxing, it's not going to ever be enough to, like, pull him out of the spiral are of addiction. prisons just, like, fucking awash with drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which mm-hmm. we've talked about. But things would shift in a big way in 1968 while Danny was incarcerated at Soledad in California. A riot broke out in the prison during Cinco de Mayo, and in the chaos, Danny struck a guard with a rock that he threw. And we actually don't even know if he intentionally hit the guard, if he was protecting himself, if he was just, like, part of the fracas. Mm-hmm. But he threw a rock. It hit a guard, and he was punished to the fullest extent that they could punish him. So he was put in solitary confinement, and despite not critically injuring the guard, was faced with capital charges for assault that could have resulted in the death penalty. Oh my god. Yep.
2: Jesus Christ.
0: Yep. So while in solitary, Danny really faced the reality of his life and turned his attention to completing his high school education- Devoting himself to God and participating in twelve step recovery. Wow. Quote, I was sitting in the hole and it's like I knew it's all over, he said. It's just done. I'm through. I'm twenty-four years old and I'm through. Oh,
1: he was all just this a baby. He's twenty-four. Twenty-four. Oh my God. Yeah. That's I mean it's amazing he's not, not dead. even a
0: real age. Yeah. No. He started doing fucking heroin when he was seven. That is oh, so insane. And he survived to have this revelation like I I mean, I already loved him before I covered this, but learning so much about him, I am just, like, so in love with Danny Trejo. <laughs> and he is... And it's, it's a miracle that he made it this far, and he is the exception. Yeah. Like, this is not... You know, I could see this story being, like, weaponized into, see, the system works, right. blah, blah, blah. But it's like, this man saved himself despite some awful circumstances. Mm-hmm. Prison... Did not reform him. Mm -mm. So I just want to make my my opinion of that very clear. Mm -hmm. So he said while he's, you know, talking to himself in solitary quote, God, if you're there, then it's going to be all right. And if you're not, I'm screwed. (laughs) And that was my prayer. I've never forgotten it. And that was just a complete turning point in my life. So ultimately, they didn't go through with capital charges, and Danny was not sentenced to death and was, in fact, released from prison about a year later in 1969 with an entirely new lease on life. That's so, pretty astonishing. And today, it that would not be the case. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. But I do think that a contribution to him not being charged with more and him being released, in fact, early from the original sentence that landed him in there was likely... He Him completely changing, Mm -hmm. like, his entire way of life. Mm -hmm. I mean, this man literally, like, quit drugs, cold turkey in prison, you know, and finished his high school degree. Like, all of these Mm -hmm. great things that he was like, nope, I'm not fucking doing this. I'm doing this instead. I'm going to use the limited resources that I have in here to figure this out. Mm -hmm. And I think that also contributed to his early release. Mm -hmm. So... He leaves in 1969 and he would never touch drugs or step foot in prison again as a prisoner anyway Mm. from that moment on. So it's like an actual miracle. Mm, Well, we'll get to it. So when he was released, he worked in construction. He worked as a gardener. He worked as a salesperson. He was for a time part owner of a lawn care company. He got his license in drug and alcohol counseling and worked as a counselor. He has
1: lived a life. He's lived a a major life.
0: There are so many amazing things that Danny might have done with his life, but a chance encounter in the 1980s would really send his life in a direction that he could never have seen coming.
1: He's basically a method actor, but just because he, he lived yeah, yep. He's not even an actor yet. He's just a
2: method.
0: At this point, <laughs> he's just the method. The, yeah, the acting hasn't even come yet. So while working as a substance use disorder counselor, Danny got a call to help with the growing cocaine use issues on the set of the 1985 film Runaway Train. <laughs> Sorry, this is the most eighty sentence ever. It's like, we can you imagine? We got a runaway train
1: on the set of runaway, 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 runaway Train. A, a fucking cocaine. <laughs> we're we're running a train on the set of Runaway Train. <laughs> no one can remember their
0: lines. We can't shoot until four p.m. Well, that's true. We of this need you, too. Yeah, it does sound like this podcast. Anyway, we need Danny <laughs> Trejo. <help. laughs> While he's there working with members of the cast and crew, the writer of the film actually recognized him from prison time that they served together years prior and, like, took a shine to him, like, remembered him being a super nice guy in prison. Oh. And also remember that in prison he was a boxing champion and there's a boxing scene in this movie that he wrote and was now not directing but, like, producing mm-hmm. So he's on set and he's making recommendations, whatever. He's
1: like, this guy's a fucking
0: phenomenal boxer and he's got a great look to him. Well, so he was like (laughs) this guy's a fucking phenomenal boxer. He should train lead actor in this movie, Eric Roberts, how to box, and then loved his now like iconic, hardened look and put him in the film first as an extra, and then he got a little like upgrade to actually getting to play. Opposite Eric Roberts in the boxing scene Mm. as his boxing opponent. Mm. So he didn't have any lines, Mm -hmm. but this guy's like, I'm putting you in my movie and you're going to be an on site trainer. So these additional roles on set earned him about $350 a day in 1985. That's good fucking Mm -hmm. money, which was a huge hit for him at the time. So, quote, like in a not hit, like boost, sorry. Mm. Quote, when I got my first paycheck, I thought they made a mistake.
1: Mm.
0: He did so well on set. That, like I said, he was offered the role of Eric Roberts' boxing opponent in the film and from there became a noticeably recurring actor in the specific role of, quote unquote, rough Mexican inmate Mm -hmm. or ex-con. Full
1: typecast.
0: Yeah. Trejo later confessed to being oblivious to the typecasting as a prisoner in similar roles for years to follow. Quote, (laughs) I didn't know I was being stereotyped. I just knew I was working. Yeah. And he was. He consistently landed small parts in action films throughout the '80s, having made about a dozen movies by 1990, and more importantly, having carved out space in Hollywood where he was becoming more and more recognized and just loved by cast and crew and fans. He's just making everyone good loved working with he's him. He's a good guy, and yep, he's very talented, and he's just memorable. like memorable, memorable, and this apparently just the sweetest. So actually, per- person to work with. My cousin worked with him on a movie. And mm-hmm. said he was
1: the sweetest person to work with, an absolute yeah. sweetheart. And I can't remember the name of the movie right now, so I'm trying to figure Step it out. Step Up to the Streets? It's not <laughs> Step Up to the Streets, although my cousin was in that
0: movie. We know. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> if Danny Trejo had been in Step Up to the Streets, I need to Game figure over. out what movie it is. Well, I think there are ways to find out. I'm trying. Uh I love it. Keep keep it moving. Cyborg X. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> knew
1: it. Danny Trejo. It's basically is, step is, up to the street. Is captain of a machine gun and my cousin Jake Stormone plays Lieutenant Wiskowski or Wiz. Wow, Wiskowski. Mike Wiskowski. <laughs> Lieutenant Wiskowski. I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry. Didn't your paperwork. Jake, I haven't seen this movie, but it looks great. You haven't We're seen get Cyborg to it. Cyborg. Cyborg X. X. Oh, from 2016. Idiot. I got step you up 2. You haven't too. seen Cyborg. And the quote is half man, half machine, no mercy.
0: Done. Yep. Okay, well, I'm watching that tonight. (laughs) Anyway, Danny would say his role in the 1991 film Blood In, Blood Out was the turning point in his career from bit parts to international recognition. And yeah, it's a gross name. But this film was a challenge for him emotionally. Danny recalls feeling uncomfortable around many of the other actors during rehearsals as they were much more established than him. And as if that isn't stressful enough... This movie filmed scenes at San Quentin, where he often experienced flashbacks to his time there, especially while filming scenes in C five five O, his former cell. Oh no. no! Yeah, can you imagine, poor guy? Poor Danny. Oh, that would
1: be really, really hard.
0: Really, really hard. Oh shit!
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So God bless him. The nineties were a very hot time for Danny Trejo. Yeah. Landing a role in Heat alongside Val Kilmer, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, and John Voigt, to name a few. There are like a ton of other famous people in that movie. Yeah. He'd reunite on screen with John Voigt in the iconic Anaconda, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is absolutely worth a rewatch if you've been wondering, like, this is your sign to rewatch Anaconda. <laughs> <laughs> if you've been go do it. Searching Noodlin'.
1: to the heavens.
0: Yeah, sign yeah. Sign. this is your this is your sign. OK, and something I did not know about the filming of this iconic movie filming was originally in Brazil, but moved locations to Venezuela where Danny would love to go out and experience the local culture after filming rap for the day. But also like wasn't being put up in a super great hotel either. So like he didn't have a whole lot of other options. It's like I have to go eat. I'm just going to go eat with the locals, right? right? So they were filming during a particularly tumultuous time politically with a coup brewing against the government. And on one occasion, Danny was mugged at gunpoint, but not just any gun, an AK-47.
1: That's worse than Shakira being attacked by a feral
0: hog. By by hogs. AK-40 hogs. (laughs) By some like armed teenagers part of this rebellion who wanted his combat boots he was wearing like a really rad pair of combat boots so he handed them over and was like largely unfazed by this encounter but did leverage it into a higher salary for his role in the film and to be moved to a nicer hotel where he wouldn't have to leave the grounds for the rest of, the- of shooting yeah so he was like yeah they took my boots <laughs> There's a whole coup situation. I They're their coup era. A don't cool want to be Bruin. at the
1: Holiday Inn. I want to be at the Marriott. Yum mm-hmm. yep.
0: with room service. Yeah, and like a game. Please and thank you. And he fucking got it. Good. And a year after that, he's making fucking Con Air with Nick Cage, who he described as quote cool as hell. <laughs> so he hit a bit of a snag in the early 2000s when his years of drug use caught up with him and he was diagnosed with hepatitis c which i guess he was saying that like he either wouldn't have contracted or wouldn't have had such a hard time with if he hadn't already done so much damage to his body like hep c is a virus it's not like that hard to get Mm -hmm. but Anyway, it's he it's extremely he,
1: serious. And yeah, you can, it is you extremely can get serious. it from
0: intravenous drug use and mm-hmm. yeah, among other things. Yeah. But he was not using when he contracted it. Well, no, so, it can be
1: it can be dormant
0: and then you realize exactly. you have it later when you're not using. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. So at the time he was filming Bubble Boy with Jake Gyllenhaal slash Tropha Grace.
1: <laughs> <laughs> slash that other and one. Slash Slash Ewan McGregor. Who was the third not one? Not Ewan
0: McGregor, it's the one who actually played Spider Man.
1: Not Tom Holland.
0: Not Tom Holland. Toby Maguire. Oh. Toby Maguire. Fuck me up. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I'll never get it. So folks on set noticed that he was unwell and he described himself as having been pale and weak throughout production and preoccupied with keeping his diagnosis a secret within Hollywood for fear of reprisal. Mm. So Trejo was, quote, out of it and struggling to remember his lines due to a prescription medication, but made a full recovery in 2002. And had an incredible continuation of his career. Some of the projects that he worked on throughout the 2000s were Triple X.
1: Oh, wait, up. he was in Triple X.
0: Yeah, but not as a very big part. I don't remember it either. But he was in. He it. was
2: in. Every- I'm just assuming he was in everything. He was in everything. He was in the live-action
0: Cinderella. <laughs> Cyborg much. X. Cyborg oh, X, yeah. Once Upon a Time in Mexico, Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, The Devil's Rejects, Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horror, <laughs> Delta Farce, Grindhouse, Rob Zombie's Halloween, Urban Justice with Steven Seagal, Valley of Angels.
1: Steven Seagal is supposed to be,
0: like, the worst human on the planet. Oh, yeah, he's a fucking monster. Yeah, I can see that. He also was in a fuck ton of shows uh, that were, like, cult-followed in the 2000s, like Monk, Desperate Housewives, Breaking Bad, Mm -hmm. and he voiced the character Enrique on King of the Hill as a recurring character. Oh, gosh. I know. Now he's probably most known for his headlining roles in Quentin Tarantino's Grindhouse and Machete films. As well as Cyborg X.
1: As well as Cyborg Mm -hmm. X,
0: which... The Machete franchise, he considers that uh, Machete to be like the first Mexican superhero. Hmm. And he was reflecting on being in Machete and how like he currently lives in a predominantly Mexican neighborhood in California. And he's like, kids come to my house at Halloween dress as Machete. And he's like, I fucking love it. It's like I got to be this superhero for these Amazing kids, so cute. I think, it's and also phenomenal. dressing a
1: baby like a toddler as Danny Trejo would be Get so out fucking here. Cute. So cute. I'm googling the rest of your case. I'm just googling toddler Great. Danny Trejo, as you should.
0: <laughs> but obviously, this case in the limited time I had to go over it only scratches the surface of Danny's robust career. His on-screen appearances are only dwarfed by his abundance of voice acting roles in movies, television, and video games, as well as music video appearances. Oh, geez. Like this man is. Has been on fire and still is on fire, even while he enjoys slightly less demanding filming schedule, but he just loves trying new things. There is a particularly hilarious photo of Danny Trejo on the drive, which will be on the blog, where he is doing an appearance on Gordon Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen. And the challenge was a taco contest among the chefs. And the winner gets their taco recipe featured at Trejo's Tacos, one of his many restaurants. Oh, my God. And so the photo reveal, it's from the reveal of like the celebrity guest and it they like lift up this platter top and it's just his head. <laughs> like with a bunch of fruit around it. It's so fucking funny. He's clearly having like the best time. All right. I couldn't find I'm any obsessed. toddlers
1: dressed as Danny Trejo, but I found one
0: like maybe like six or seven year old. Perfect. That'll dresses, do. Yeah, just make it say. smaller. Yeah. In 2021, Danny participated in season five of The Masked Singer, where despite the judges thinking he was Danny DeVito (laughs) while he was in his costume, he left an amazing impression on them and the audience as the raccoon. So he was in a raccoon costume. I...
1: The Masked Singer is... It, it's bizarre to me, but it is kind of funny. sign of the
0: end times.
1: I love <laughs> yeah. it. Like, I'm
0: pretty sure the Roman Empire had the Masked Singer right before Probably. the fall. That, but that's fine with me. If this is what's ushering us into the end, mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Yeah. It's about time. Yeah, it's about time. He also got into the fast paced world, like I said, of restaurant ownership and has opened a series of successful restaurants in L.A. over the years. So if you're in the Los Angeles area, check out Trejo's Tacos, Trejo's Cantina and Trejo's Coffee and Donuts. Mm.
1: Trejo's Trays.
0: Also- trejo's Trays.
1: Trejo's. <laughs> oh,
0: yum. Trejo's and hoes. Trejo's Pantyho's. Oh, oh, my God. I'd wear those. <laughs> I'd wear those. He also wrote and released a cookbook in 2020 called Trejo's Tacos, Recipes and Stories from L.A., and a year later, he published his memoir, Trejo, My Life in Crime, Redemption in Hollywood. So there are lots of ways to go deeper into this story and experience it entirely from his perspective, which I think is so fucking cool. Through it all, Danny Trejo has remained humble, loving and generous. Giving back to and supporting his community is at the forefront of everything that he does. Quote, everything good that's ever happened to me has happened as a direct result of helping someone else. Everything. Anybody that says they're my friend, you tell them, open the trunk of your car. And they'll have thermal socks, they'll have thermal underwear, they'll have t-shirts to pass out to the homeless, because that's one of the requirements of being my friend is that you have to, you've gotta give back. Oh. And that's my story about Danny Trill. Oh my God. Not all (laughs) Danny. Not all Danny. The only good
1: Danny ever. Danny DeVito.
0: God bless. Danny Danny DeVito is amazing.
1: Danny Zuko.
0: Danny to Zuko. uh Danny Zuko is not great. Okay, anyway, Kay. uh that was amazing. Special thanks to, to Hannah uh, Sullivan.
1: Sullivan, this was a great topic. And I'm sorry I so misunderstood. Great. And if you're really pissed, I will I'll do a, a different game. No, I won't. But uh, thank you sorry. so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you. Well, thanks
2: for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.